The Tumbling Saber Podcast is a proud member of the Star Wars Commonwealth Podcast Network. Connect with us on Twitter and Facebook. Subscribe to our shows on Apple Podcasts. Visit our base at StarWarsCommonwealth.com and take your first steps into a larger world. Welcome back to another episode of the Tumbling Saber Podcast. I'm Kyle. I'm Corey. I'm Carlos. And joining us this and I'm week, Tim. over from the nerd room, Tim. Tim, he's here. Tim, how's hey, it going, hey. man? What's, what's going what's on, brother? guys? I, I kind of stepped at a cue there. I apologize for that for the editor here. But the editor's not me this week. There's so. no editor. The editor doesn't do anything anymore. He's, <laughs> he's been fired. He's been laid off like the other guy. And um, you know what? Screw it. <laughs> Yeah, hopefully, hopefully he's collecting serb up here until uh, September. But no, guys, thanks for having me. I'm I'm really excited to get here and at the mics talking with the, the Tumbling Saber crew. I listen to you guys every single week, and I want to jump into the conversation. Here's my opportunity. Yeah, man, nice. dude, we love you, bro, man. I, I've been thinking about it too, man. There's nothing like a good crossover, and I've been wanting, to, I've been chomping at the bit to to talk to you, and yeah, it's, it's been a while. You know, it's got to be like uh, got to make a more regular thing of it every quarterly or every trimester. Uh, yeah. It's definitely it's definitely recipro- reciprocal. Like every time I listen to you guys, and I, it's a weekly thing, I don't miss an episode. I even go back and and watch some of those uh, the live streams on uh, on Vocal, and um, when I because I miss them live. Uh, but uh, it's it's awesome, man. I, I it's great to have you on, man. Pleasure. Yeah, Pleasure is we, all mine, We get to do those crossovers. Um, well, at least I, I was lucky enough to be able to sneak away from my usual Friday night routine and join you guys on the Nerd Room on Get Vocal. We had a great live stream last Friday night. It was It's so cool to just kick back, fire on the, the laptop, uh, pour a couple drinks, and just talk about this stupid stuff we love so much. So yeah, crossover yeah. city, from, man. Love from it. From people all over the place, all across the globe. Yeah. I mean, not, well... I, I suppose that, I mean, the potential for that is there, but most of our, you know, we had grabs there. Uh, we, we had, a, well, a couple of the wives were on watching. Yeah. <laughs> Keeping yeah. you guys Listening in check. to all the secrets. Yeah. <laughs> Rick crushed That's the party to start. Yeah, he did. Yeah, Rick. Challenged Troy to a, a gun show. And... Yeah, a little gun show from Rick. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, not much was going up there. It was... <laughs> oh, boy. Well. Rick's not going to hear this anyway, so he's a he's he's a hashtag fake fan. So oh, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> uh, just kicking things off here, guys. I want to give a quick shout to Curtis for becoming the latest powerful friend. Uh, so nice. Thank you, Curtis. Uh, enjoy the show yes, behind sir. the scenes there over on Patreon. Uh, we just came off an episode of Sith Disturbers, which was I thought it was a pretty standard episode of Sith Disturbers, uh, but apparently my distaste for olives really. <laughs> Very few things that I say ever generate any type of blowback, except for when I say I don't like olives. <laughs> I got a lot I of questions about people that, don't, man. I let it slide when you said it, and I'm like, you're out of your damn mind. They're, they're disgusting. Like, but... <laughs> make oil. You make gotta take oil. them in moderation. You gotta start slow. No, no, no. Get make some good ones. Save it for the oil and just throw the rest of the crap in the garbage. Just put it where Man, it belongs. You gotta stop oh, eating look. olives out of a can. You gotta go for the good stuff. No, no, no. Yeah, get the good stuff, and you take the... it in moderation to start, man. It cuts through anything. Like if, if you're having steak, man, or something, you know, just 
take a small little bite of that, like just what? cleanses the palate. Get out of here. Take your yeah, white but... privilege and and your 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 opinion on olives and suck on it. <laughs> <laughs> and just spit, it, on an spit it right in the trash. Anyway, uh, I, before this turns into another episode of Sith Disturbers, which I'm not opposed to, but you know, for the sake <laughs> of uh, the FCC and all the people that like to watch down on us every week, uh, I, I just Ian left us a comment on this episode. I'm going to clean it up a bit, but it's hilarious. So I wanted to go through it. <laughs> uh, so powerful friend Ian Hart said about our last episode, this podcast surprised me. Never listened to Sith Sympathizer before. So all the funny, uh, so all the funny to hear a shitload of, um, how do I clean this up? F's and D's. <laughs> uh, glad to hear Corey's a fan of The Expanse, Umbrella Academy, and Dragon Prince. All great shows. The Expanse is one of the best sci-fi shows ever made. Loved watching Dragon Prince with my kids, and I've just finished the second season of The Umbrella Academy, which was amazing. I agree with you, Kyle, about Dark Fate. I was pleasantly surprised. Also, I'm partway into War of Cybertron. While I'm liking it, I don't think it's as good as it could have been. Also, I'm with Carlos regarding Indiana 5. I'm totally against it. As a huge indie fan, <sighs> I can't deal with another Crystal Skull, and I don't want to see Indy's torch being passed onto someone else. And Carlos is right. There are people who enjoy listening to your stupidity, me included. <laughs> Get back on Stranger Things, Carlos. It's effing amazing. And like Kyle, I drifted from Walking Dead after Rick left. It went through a, a, a bleep period. And well, I lost my train <laughs> the of thought. The live censoring. <laughs> Hold on. I lost my train of thought here. It went through a bleep period uh, and then got a bit too repetitive to hold my interest. Crazy to hear you've never seen Breaking Bad, Kyle. You need to get on that. I was pretty late to the game and didn't get why people loved it so much at the start. But by the end, I was completely sold. Hearing Gotham going up against Firefly was hilarious. You guys have watched some turd-ass shows. <laughs> Not Firefly, though. He's talking about Gotham. Sure. I hope he's talking about Gotham. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, no, I, Tim, I was saying how I, 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 for some reason, I suffered through every episode of... Oh, I sent this in to you guys. You guys might tackle yeah, this one, yeah. one, one of these days, but... Uh, yeah, it's coming. It's coming. Oh, God, I did. I, I sat through every episode of, of Gotham and just lapped it up and i still don't know why anyway so <laughs> that was about our latest uh rant fest and and giggle fest and and bleep fest on sith disturbers so if that kind of thing interests interests you as it seems to interest other people uh, go check that out over on patreon put, go put that exact whole thing on the review on itunes that'd be awesome <laughs> <laughs> except, except nobody would get that experience listening to the main show but fair Probably enough that, that is a good point um, guys, we're well, uh, glad to announce that we have a Force Fest panel, uh, Saturday, August 29th from 7 to 8, 7 to 8 a.m. Pacific, which would be 10 to 11 a.m. Eastern, 3 to 4 p.m. Greenwich. And for our pals like Ian and Mr. Kigo and, uh, Dave Hackerson, Australia and Japan, that would be somewhere in the wee hours of the morning if you have the stomach for it. But, uh, I'm going to put together a panel Going to get some different voices together, spanning different voices in, in, in Star Wars podcasting. And we're going to talk, we've talked about it here on the pod, but we're going to blow it up. We're going to talk about the music of Star Wars in a, in a post Rise of Skywalker era. Because I think, like I've said, this is going to become a big topic of discussion as we slowly get to 2023. Uh, and I want all of us to get used to this idea of things being really, really different. So uh, we're going to kick that around on the panel, which, of course, as we all know, would have been 
during celebration weekend anyway. And also the great thing about this event is that funds are going to be generated uh, for the Children's Make-A-Wish Foundation. And I'm, I'm going to share the link everywhere for that um, on social media, in the show notes from now until Force Fest weekend. But Tim, you guys have a panel as well? We do indeed. 3, 4 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. And it is on the collector stage. And we're talking about collecting in the quote-unquote Disney era, kind of. The idea of it and the title of it is The Collector's Awaken, and it's kind of the journey that a lot of us took from going in a space where, you know, there's a vintage collection, all that, into the Black Series and into the onslaught of action figures and collectibles that we have, along with The Force Awakens and even into now. We're going to talk about probably a little later just the, the mentalness of the Black Series right now. <laughs> <laughs> and is focusing in on that and how that has changed and evolved from the onset, from that 2013-14 time right through to present day. So yeah, join us. It's going to be a ton of fun. There's a lot of great panels showing up there, and we know a lot of good podcasters are going to be giving us content in the, that kind of void that Star Wars Celebration has left this year. Absolutely. Absolutely. In that spirit, I mean, let's, let's just dive right in. Um... Tim, why don't you kick this off for us? Your weekend nerd, as you guys like to call it over there on, on the Nerd Room. What have you been up to? Um, collecting update, things you've been taking in. What's going on over there? Well, you know, it, it's, and we've talked about this, you know, so many times, whether it's on Get Vocal, the show, or wherever, or even just with you guys in the background. It's, it's like pre-order Armageddon right now. Everything <laughs> is coming in right now. And it's just killer stuff that we ordered three, four months ago. I'm getting shown up on my doorstep. I'm getting charges on my credit card. I'm like, I don't even know what I bought. Like, <laughs> what's a $60 charge for? So things that have rolled in recently, that that Carbonite Han Solo on the vintage card back, that thick brick. It's 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 great looking figure. It had that nice price point. My four lemon Zuckus is somewhere in the mail. It was supposed to arrive on Friday and Amazon just hasn't delivered it yet. So it's kicking around that Beskar Mando and my Zeb are supposed to arrive tomorrow. So we'll see. <gasps> oh, dude. We'll see. And so, yeah, that's what in the, in the Star Wars space has been all about those Black Series pre-orders. And I'm excited to get my hands on them. But I'm also I'm also cooling down a little bit on the Black Series. It's been a, a crazy year for the Black Series. And I'm starting to draw a few lines. And one of them definitely was along the Attack of the Clones wave that just came out. I said, I'm not doing it. I got to pull back a little bit. I'm into Turtles. I'm going back and doing some retro Turtles collecting and Jurassic Park collecting and all that. So decided to divert a little bit of funds away from Star Wars for the time being. Um, but I'm excited to get my hands, especially on that Beskar Mando, that six-inch Black Series Mando stuff. I'm all in yeah, for that. Uh, that. I, I am that so figure. excited. Oh, it looks, I got it on pre-order too from Amazon, but it hasn't shipped yet. So I'm getting worried. Yeah, I'm hoping it's coming. It says it's supposed to be here by the 10th. I don't know. It hasn't shipped, so it's unlikely. That's it. Well, mine either. It says, oh, dude, I have so much going on right now, too. When I look at my Amazon thing, it's all arriving at the same time, too. And I I'm know. like, oh. <laughs> it's killer. It, it was a great idea, you know, early lockdown to be pre-ordering all this stuff. And, like, that's future Tim's problem. Well, exactly. It's present Tim's problem right now. <laughs> yeah. So, it's, it's all it's, hitting, it's like you said, at the same time. Yeah, and then I did see in the stores, I don't know guys if you guys have seen them yet, in hand, the first image, or the, the Ezra and the new Black Series boxes, they're a lot different, eh? They're really yeah. narrow. Yeah, they're more I kind of uh, like how legends. sleeker they are. Yeah, the, like kind of, even smaller than a Legends box. Really, and I yeah. kind of like the look of them. They're mm. almost, if you're an in-box collector, they'll display fairly well, and they take up probably about half the amount of room of a red card back. 
black. I like that the, the fact that they have the image of the character on the side. Yeah, like you said, for displayability. But uh, yeah, we'll see, man. They're not square, which is different. Yeah, but they look great. Honestly, they really, they really, really look great. It's something that I was like, "Wow, that's that's something that like it's a step beyond just the black regular black series." And uh, the only thing that I didn't like is that Ezra looks like trash. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's his face sculpts updated, I believe, a little bit too. I didn't get my hands on the first run of the the Ezra and Chopper, so I'm missing those two. And I'll eventually I, I, grab. I, I sunk my to- teeth into those two. Do you see how much Ezra's going for right now online? The original, the original? like, well, the first, the <laughs> yeah, first it's, it's expensive. Ah, it, dude, it was crazy. It was like a hundred bucks at a point. Yeah, it's completely devalued now that there's going to be all yeah. sorts of the better face sculpts. That's on. the best part of this. I love it when these scalpers they you know they they get this figure they they snap them all up they jack the prices up on on secondary market. And then a re-release happens. Like I can't like wait. Cody. Oh, Co- I, I'm oh, so Cody happy that Commander that Cody won. Because anybody who's got that original release is just oh yay 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 me. And here comes Archive Cody, and it's just gonna gut that whole market. And I can't. I couldn't be happier. I'm so pleased that these guys are just getting punched right in the balls. Yeah, it's 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 good on them. It's good on Hasbro to make some of these things accessible to especially out of box collectors like that Cody. In box, the blue card back, it's great. Troy and I were chasing a person at a couple different conventions. The same person would not relent on that Cody, 75 bucks. And we said, you know, there's no way that either of us are paying that. Like it's worth about, you know, 40 bucks maybe. And then this drops and the the bottom falls out of this market. The archive series and these re-releases they're doing are, I think, Hasbro's way of trying to change that scalper market a little bit, which I can respect what they're doing. Even the Ezra and Chop is the same thing, right? You know what I locked down at a convention like 2018, 2017? I think it was 2018. I locked down Cody, Bosk, and Boosh for a hundred bucks. Yeah, that's killer, dude. That's that was solid, man. When I posted yeah, not- that in the in the uh, in the forum there for the Black Series, one guy was like, "I'll give you a hundred bucks for Bosk right now." I was like, <laughs> "What?" Yeah, yeah. Bosk is a great character. I got I got him in the blue card back too. And yeah, you're paying not much over retail for a hundred bucks for that stuff. Yeah, so. it's sweet. It is very cool, but yeah. So that's that's kind of where my my Star Wars focus has been over the last little bit, and it's it's all Mando, man. I can't wait to see what they reveal for season two in the in the Black Series space. Oh, I cannot wait! Awesome, man, Carlos. What's happening with you over there? Not much at all, man. A little bit of a hiatus here. I'm waiting for uh, the uh, the new line of uh, Lego Star Wars to drop on September first. Um, I'm not even checking in uh, regular stores. I'm just waiting for them to be available on uh, Lego.com. Yeah. And uh, so I'm just going to... So my my plan is I'll probably buy the the Knights of Ren transport ship uh, and uh, one of the AAT or the the 501st battle pack and then uh, turn around and uh, redeem my points and get the uh, AT-AT. Solid move. That's that ATAT is just it's, it's gorgeous. So, it's how so big nice. is that? It's thirteen hundred pieces. About uh, it's uh, it's it's gorgeous. It's probably the best ATAT they've ever made. Um, most um, uh, probably to spec as as you can get for a Lego set. Um, got the general view. I don't like that they put Luke with the grapple hook uh, in. In that set, considering General Veer's 
is the like is the you know Luke does not touch that ATAT. It's kind of stupid. Um, but I mean, considering they've been repacking Mustafar, Anakin, and Obi Wan in sets that happened at the beginning of that movie. Um, yeah, it is what it is. But um, other than that, I, I think I'm just gonna repurpose the Luke and put him somewhere else um, in in another Hoth build. Yeah. Um, and uh, just display the ATAT, which I'm really I'm gonna have probably a. Uh, I think we we talked before we started recording when we talked about my uh, my Lego shelves. I'm probably gonna have one uh, Empire Strikes Back focused shelf with That's the Slave One and the ATAT, and uh, probably throwing a Tie Bomber in there, and uh, we'll see what happens. But um, it's, so it's always cool, a work in progress. You know, Constantly. I'm always moving stuffing around because I have to dust it all the time. <laughs> so, uh, but I got a lot in there, and uh, but it's looking nice. So coming along. So, so comparatively to the the ATAT that came out in what was it, 2012, 13, 13 I have yeah. that one. Nice. Is is it bigger than that? I guess I can't remember the piece count. I want to say that piece count was like maybe 1100. I think it might even be. 11, 1100 or 12. Uh, I don't know yeah. if that one came with a speeder bike. Nope. Yeah, this one has a little speeder bike that actually goes in the back of the ATAT. Okay, uh, which is obviously more to spec. Um, yeah, uh, so it's probably, I think it's 150 more pieces. I'm not sure. Okay. I'm, I'm I'm not sure exactly. I don't have that other ATAT, but um, that one's pretty cool. This one is just it's a lot skinnier. It looks taller, mm-hmm. and it it just looks more real. Yeah, there's just more of a realism to this one. And um, if you guys want to go online and check out the ATAT Lego Star Wars comparison video with uh, what all the ones they made from MNR Productions, um, he's my go-to. I, I watch his videos every day, and um, uh, you know he could be a little shit sometimes, but uh, <laughs> he does great comparison videos. And uh, you don't have to agree with his opinion all the time, but um, yeah, no, definitely uh, it's cool to see them all lined up and to see which one you'd rather have on your shelf and his video convinced me that I, that's the one I'm getting. So awesome. I just yeah. looked at the video here. Cool. Yeah. And Carlos, you did, you built your tie pilot head. Yeah. The, uh, the, from the helmet collection, I built the uh, tie fighter pilot helmet. Uh, actually before we started recording here, that's why it took me a little bit longer to get, uh, to get on board. But, uh, <laughs> um, yeah, it was a interesting build. I think it was like, I'm not going to say super difficult. Like it wasn't like extremely difficult, but it was more than I was anticipating, which was fun. It was nice. You know, it was like, um, a little more challenging than, than, than what I was expecting. And it was also fun. Like the techniques that they used for certain things. Uh, yeah. If you guys ever get your, uh, your hands on the, uh, the helmet collection, I'm sure they're, uh, all three of them are, are quite similar in the, in the core build and then when it gets to the outer shell it's a totally different ball game i'm really looking forward to building the boba fett helmet like that's the one that i'm i'm really looking forward to so that i could display it right next to the slave one 20th anniversary slave one which is which is gorgeous too so and uh, the setup yeah no for sure and uh the, the stormtrooper helmet i'm kind of considering leaving it in box yeah, I mean, why not? Yeah. Why not just leave it there for a couple of years? 
whatever, like whatever date, just say, I'm, I'm going to let it sit and then just watch what happens. And if these things it's become a hot, then you can just get out there and make a, make a trade, sell it. Yeah, it's a COVID set for me <laughs> because it, well, it, cause, I, cause it has those stickers, right? Like they're from Europe and for them to sell them in uh, in North America, they have to have the piece count on it. So there's those white stickers. Like you'll see a lot of them in stores now. Um, cool. They, they, ha- they had to put those stickers on it. So I'm kind of considering buying another Stormtrooper helmet to, to get the North American box. I don't know. I'm stupid like that. What are you going to do? No, hey man, it makes, that any, any collector that to what you just said makes perfect sense. <laughs> and it helps do those, those, those boxes are meant for display too, right? They're not like the graphic kind of mashup that you see on the normal Lego boxes. This no, is, they're like, display boxes. Yeah. hundred yeah. percent. They're gorgeous. Yeah. I don't know what I'm going to do with mine yet, um, but we'll see. I'll probably jam them on the top of the shelf there. Yeah. You got to keep those for sure. No, no, definitely keep them. I mean, I keep, I, I broke, I had, honestly, guys, in the last year, I've broken down over 70 Lego boxes. <laughs> <laughs> it does, I could have such a nicer car. I, I, I it's, it's stupid, but I love it. <laughs> hey, man, car gets you A to B. That's it. Lego sets are forever. Yeah. yeah. Car gets you to the place where you get the lego sets uh, yeah pretty much <laughs> Corey, what's going on with you man that's been a good week i mean just keeping taking it easy you know just doing my best to stay safe and occupy the family and you know stay positive and whatnot so yeah just telling you guys really before the show i think everybody should get there, out there and eat their corn <laughs> that's really important this time of year you know it's summer <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's a part of summer it's it's a part of the experience so you know don't pass that by also, I think this is really amazing. I don't. I think I didn't tell you, Carlos and Tim. Definitely wouldn't have told you, but Kyle, I let Kyle know. It was last week or two weeks ago, or last weekend. I can't even remember now. But either other way, when that that uh, comet passed through the other last week, uh, Neo wise, yeah, I saw it, man. And I'm really big on celestial vents and stuff like that. So like having that kind of privilege, I <clears throat> I just couldn't believe it, man. I felt so blessed. I thought it was really, really cool. It was a little anticlimactic, I guess, but it was definitely, I definitely saw it. So I, again, I, every couple of thousand years, I, I felt pretty blessed, you know, like this, the skies were right. And for any stargazer out there right now, that's, you know, likes that kind of thing. Perseids this week, it's an annual event. Yep. You know, I've only had the privilege. And this is why I say that about Neowise, because it's a thousand year event. The Perseids, I try every year to watch them. Mm-hmm. And it's a crapshoot, man. It's it's more like uh, 75% of the time I can't see them because of the clouds. So when you do get a chance to see them, you should really take advantage of it if you can, depending on where you are in the world. But uh, it's a beautiful thing. It's so cool. And yeah, I don't know. It's just that time of year. Other than that, Star Wars and collecting-wise, it's, it's been a pretty good week. Uh, I'm on the same page as you guys. I I did receive my four Laman Zuckus, but it's saying that my... Han Solo and Carbonite's coming tomorrow at 8 p.m. or before 8 p.m. Other than that, I'm sticking with this uh, Batman theme right now. And I got another, my second Batman animated series figure from the McFarlane line, but this guy's blue and gray. Nice. So I don't know, I had to snag that up. And uh, other than that, again, keeping with this, talking with you guys last week, saying that 
you know, making friends and spreading our wings a bit in these internet communities really had a lot of cool folks like reach out to me and be like, Hey, you need this. You want that. And there's someone I made friends with, uh, Steve Legros from the Kaya boutique. He, <laughs> we, we speak and yeah, he, he's got a, all kinds of stuff coming in and I paid for and told him to hang on to because I plan on buying more from him in the future. So I'll save on shipping, but, uh, Anakin Padawan black series. I was pretty stoked about that. So you're going into that wave. Yeah, definitely. That whole wave is sick, man. Like I have Kit Fisto and Plo Koon on uh, order with Northman. I can see it's it's confirmed, but not received yet on his end. Like when I go onto the website, so yeah, I couldn't I couldn't take a chance. So also from Kai Boutique, I I picked up the Plo Koon, but that that one's got your name on it, Kyle. To be honest, <gasps> yeah, Master I, I, Plo. I, yeah, I Ahsoka will give will be up. So pleased. Exactly. Like that's a pairing if there was ever a good one, you know, so yeah, definitely all yours conditionally until I get mine from Northman. <laughs> conditionally. <laughs> but uh, yeah, definitely. Asterisk. Yeah. I, I was thinking of you. So anyhow, he, he's a good dude and I, I like giving him business. And other than that, I'm on the same page as Tim, man. Just kind of like, wow, man, like all these things coming out at the same time. I just looked at my Amazon list and I have like Tebow and uh, who else? Akbar. And the Mando and the Camino Trooper and Apocalypse from Age of Apocalypse. <laughs> uh, it's all arriving August 10th. And I'm kind of just like, Ugh. like, that's a lot. But uh, anyway, it is what it is. And uh, same thing. I, I always have mixed feelings about it. But, you know, <laughs> I, I love it. <laughs> Gotta have it. That's when you know it's an addiction. When you have yeah. mixed feelings about it. You're not excited necessarily about it, but you do it anyway. That's that's a uh, some might say that's a problem. I need it. <laughs> well, that's that's the thing we we pointed that out when we were talking on Friday. Is that everyone that was talking was talking about the fact that they need this stuff, not that they want it, that they need it. And I feel you, man. I feel you. You understand, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, well, Tim, like you said, like, like 2020 has definitely been the year of pre-orders for for most of us, a lot of collectors, and the pandemic has just sort of made it that way, right? Um, but what, like the cool thing about that is you order something in April and you forget about it for months, and then it shows up. You get an email alert saying this is on the way, and you're like, wait, what? I'm getting something for for me, a toy now. And it's like Christmas in August and it's, it's, it's glorious. Uh, so like, again, like I got some of that payoff this week when uh, my four Laman Zucca sets showed up. Uh, the outer box was dinged up a little bit, but I was going to open it anyway. So I don't care. The, the figures inside were, were perfect. Um, and my, my Han and Carbonite showed up as well. And so the 40th anniversary set continues to grow. That's, that was my focus for 2020. If anything, if all those fails, the 40th anniversary set needs to be like locked down. Uh, so that's, that's done. I, you know, I hope Amazon never gets more exclusives. I just, <laughs> I, I don't think it's very cool because if they're going to get exclusives, they, then they themselves they, should know that it's an exclusive to them and it should yeah. be packed appropriately. Not that yeah. mine were trashed at all, but the whole point of this line is the carding, the packaging, yeah, and if it's not going to be sh- like collectors lose their minds when this set is is wrecked when it arrives on their doorstep wrecked, it's useless. Like the whole point of this 40th anniversary line 
is the packaging, the vintage look. So if Amazon's got an exclusive to it that you can't get anywhere else except for on the ripoff secondary market, Amazon really needs to do a better job of making sure that the packaging is better. That, oh, did you not get the memo? <laughs> well, I guess the question is, is though, does do the guys bundling at Amazon care any more than the people that are stocking the shelves at Walmart? No, <laughs> you no, know they, what I mean? they don't. And they, <laughs> some, they, some of them actually have like, I, I've seen pictures on these groups where like, it looks like people like, instead of punching the hole through like, like, you know, when you're putting it on the peg, they punch it right through the card back. Like, say it's way like, well, that's also, that's, that's also like jackass scalping fans who will go to a Walmart or whatnot and they will scoop up the figures they want and then like wreck the others. They will bend what? the card. Yeah. This is like a common thing that like ill-intentioned people. I, I don't know if they own to their own toy shop or if they have an, like an online store or uh, their, their own eBay page, but they will go into stores and wreck some of the cards so that a collector will go, ah, oh, man, what? I guess let me go, let me go, turn, go turn to Kijiji or eBay and see what's there. And, oh, look, buddy's in town. Who's got it? a couple of these Han Solo figures. It's twice the price, but hey, the card is is not bent. And it's 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 brutal, but it happens. Yeah. I, I couldn't believe since joining these groups, I couldn't believe the amount of pictures that I've seen of people posting basically you go to buy a Princess Leia or whatnot and someone's opened it, taken Princess Leia out and put in like a I don't know, like the super cheap action figure in lieu of Leia and they return it to the store. Oh yeah, and they get their money back. It's it's easy. I mean, yeah, if if there's a black, if you're an opener, you'd buy a Jin Erso. That's you know the the most overproduced figure maybe in history. You buy it for six ninety eight. You and then you buy your uh, carded fortieth anniversary figure for forty bu thirty bucks or whatever it is. You just swap out the figure and you take the one you want and you return. The, it's it's a it's a joke. It's it's stupid and Wal people at Walmart don't care. No, and not only that. Marvel, like, I mean, they, I mean, they don't. The, it's not the that they don't care. Is, it's that they don't know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But the like, imagine being someone who did know, like, total Star Wars fan. Like, what are you trying to pull here, bub? Uh, like, I bought it like that. <laughs> well, Marvel Legends are real bad for that because they have the the like, and this is the consequence of the packaging, even right? Exactly. Is that they slip out. They're not on cards anymore. So like, you can slip it out, put in, put the build a figure piece in, some cheap piece of plastic, send it back. Yeah, that's yep. crazy. It's disgusting axe. Oh, it's, yeah, it's not cool. Not cool, man. Uh, I, I also managed to snag a special edition Cara Dune Funko figure this weekend just because. She's awesome. Cara Dune's awesome. Gina Carano is even more awesome. So Yeah, she's my girl. I felt Back off, Kyle. Hey, hey, hey. Pipe down, Rub-a-Dub. Uh, <laughs> I, had, I, had no, I had no regrets in picking up that figure. But I, I, I don't know how much more new stuff I will be picking up going forward until I get myself a new gig. And that sucks because there's so much cool stuff coming. But I mean, it, it is what it is, right? But just looking ahead, there's there's two Ahsoka figures coming in the Black Series line. One is just that revamped, uh, figure, revamped Ahsoka from the 2016 line or whatever it was, the 2017 wave. So I might get that. I'll probably grab that. But it's the really the Clone Wars Season 7 version that I badly want. Yeah. that That's come and gone on pre-order from Walmart. I hope other places get it soon. Um, yeah, I'll never order pre-order from Walmart. That was another thing packaging-wise. They don't care. They put my 40th anniversary Chewbacca in an envelope, man. 
<laughs> yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's yeah. They have no clue. Uh, the 332nd Trooper, I that that's another one that I really really want to get, and Cad Bane, like that's heavily rumored to be coming, uh, mm-hmm. either late this year, early 2021. Is that a Walmart exclusive too? No, no, I don't think so. I think so. No, like a lot of people are speculating that it's part of that Tebow wave. Really? Like I think there's only five figures in that wave, if I'm not mistaken. When Tebow's coming out this week. But that might have that speculation may have come and gone and been proven wrong. I'm not totally sure, but I that's a must-have. I haven't seen any images of the Cad Bane figure yet, so I think that's still a ways off. But something is, something is my like Spider Sense should be up around Cad Bane. Something's up with that character. There's a Black Series figure coming for him. Uh, he's making an appearance in the upcoming Clone Wars anthology book something's percolating with Cad Bane. I, I, yeah, I don't want to guarantee it, but I feel it. They, they know, they know, man. Like there, there's definitely buzz around that character and people know where the producers and whatnot. Lucasfilm knows that the fans have a passion for him, you know, and I definitely want to see him again. Well, it's, it, it's, I, it largely depends on if that story where Boba Fett allegedly killed him, actually hold, is that still canonical we don't know yet i i have a feeling that it can't be it, it you can't well it, it a can story be. that's not been told can't be a can, canonical like they released it because just because it wasn't like okay like this is what you were going to get but i mean they can still it, they all, could still be committed to that that's what i mean like nah, they could still be committed to that to that story I, I i don't believe that I, I I don't want to believe that. I want to believe that Cad Bane's coming back, and this there's there's going to be little seeds planted in the form of a toy, in the form of him appearing in a story, and it's he's going to build up from there. But anyway, um, well, there's there's a Hasbro Fan First Friday on the 21st of August, so you yeah. might get your answers there. And the, and, and rumor is that the like Haslab is going to reveal their next thing too, which <sighs> yeah, on the heels of the katana from from a couple of years ago. And what they did with um, the Sentinel in the Marvel Legends mm-hmm. line. Holy cow, that Sentinel was absolutely breathtaking. Yeah, it was insane. Insane. Like, so I, what, whatever they do, you know it's going to be straight fire. And I can't wait to see what, they, what they're what they going to do with it. So I, I hear rumblings of a Death Star kind of set. But I don't know if that's like a fan wish or if that's possibly a thing that could happen. Uh, so don't quote me or anybody else on that unless it's, it's Yak Face or one of the good toy sites out there that have all the scoops, but um, all this talk about pre-orders, it, it made me go back and do the homework on things that I've ordered and it's insanity of what's coming. So just from now until some undetermined point for the rest of this year, <laughs> waves two and three of the 40th anniversary collection are coming. So that's, that's 10 different figures. Best car Mando black series, another Vader, in the Black Series. I've got a Dooku coming, Commander Bly, Carbonized Boba Fett, <laughs> and vintage collection figures, including Jedi Knight Luke, Commander Wolf, uh, Clone Wars Anakin, Clone Wars Kenobi, a Gonk Droid, Hondo, and like, that's all stuff that's coming to me in the well, weeks and months to come. But uh, man, it's going to feel like all the stuff's already been ordered months ago, right? So <laughs> it's all going to show up later this year and it's going to feel great every time a package shows up on the doorstep it's going to be awesome i can't wait for that stuff to finally start rolling in uh but yeah, it is a beautiful thing 
It's such a great thing. Oh man, and it's it's great because like like I said, uh, the money's already spent so to speak, and so I won't be buying a lot more stuff going forward. So when I get these packages, it'll it'll scratch that itch. It's gonna it'll, it'll be fine. Anyway, uh, not much news that uh, we really need to digest this week, but a quick little thing, LRM online. Uh, they were talking about Anakin rumors a couple weeks ago. Uh, they are now suggesting that the trailer for Mandalorian Season 2 will drop on August 21st or 22nd during the NBA playoffs. And this would have you know, been during Celebration Weekend, perhaps. Uh, so, actually, no, Force Fest. I don't even know. I don't even know anymore when Celebration was, should have been. But it's not that big a stretch either way. Um, you guys buying it? Tim, what do you think, man? Are we going to get that? Yeah, I wouldn't doubt. Like, it seems logical for them to have been holding out for celebration. And if I don't know the exact details of Disney's deal with the NBA holding all the games down there in Disney World and all that. So it does seem that, you know, carrying it on ESPN or whatever they're doing, it all lines up for that kind of self-promotion, patting each other on the back type of, of thing. So all Disney, right? And so, yeah, they're going to take advantage of the NBA being back as well as this is, you know, the biggest in-demand show for the fall and probably of the year you know, on the streaming service. Like, this is the one one of the very few things that didn't get delayed because of everything that's happening with the pandemic. And so I it, it wouldn't surprise me. I don't I probably wouldn't rely too much on the dates, but sometime before the end of August, we're going to see something, I think, maybe not substantial, but a, definitely a a tease for for the Mando. So yeah, I'm buying into this that we're going to get a trailer here not too not too distant future. I I'm t- right there with you. This being the month of celebration, we're getting something and this is just mm-hmm. the easiest softball to throw at us. So I, I I'm all in for it. Carlos, what do you think, man? I think that uh, it'll probably be released uh they said the 21st or 22nd, right? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Uh celebration was supposed to be on the 29th. Yeah, that that twenty eighth yeah, through whatever. Yeah. So yeah, in that um, in that area, uh, I would say, why work for? Like, uh, sorry, I'm a little distracted. Um, like, is it going to be what during the the playoffs of the NBA? Like, uh, yeah. is, so it's going to be probably on the Saturday night. They want to have like the most viewership as possible. So 22nd is probably the best bet. Um, I don't know why they wouldn't release it on the same weekend that celebration was supposed to be, but um, unless they're afraid of leaks and stuff, which could be a possibility. So 22nd is probably my bet. I, I, part of me wants to just say they're being really nice. And of course it lines up with some business interest as well. In that, you know, it makes sense to do it the 22nd, but also Lucasfilm has sort of given Force Fest the blessing, right? To go ahead and do this. Like, we're not going to stop you. Have fun. So if they, if Lucasfilm were to go ahead and release that trailer that weekend, it kind of really, <laughs> it could kind of throw some cold water on that Force Fest, I think, a little bit. It distracts away from that whole online fun which should be focused over here and now as Lucasfilm goes and just grabs all that magic back so I, I for that reason maybe I'm just being naive but I think they they back it up a week just 
because it works well with the NBA playoffs. Well, the only thing they're competing with there on the Saturday, though, is DC Fandom, which is going to be like that. It's an unreal event where you're going to have Suicide Squad. You're going to have Batman vs. Superman, Snyder Cut stuff. The Batman's likely to show some some footage. So they're going to be competing with what will be the first major superhero forum in months and the first real press by by DC Warner Brothers to get their product to the level that the MCU has at in 2020. So that 22nd... Do you, do you think they'll break some... Uh... Some McFarland news there with the uh, toy line he's doing. I think they're going to do everything. Everything. I think it's it's going to be three days of SDCC stuffs crammed into one 24 hour period. They'll and like you got Dwayne the Rock Johnson pumping that hard Black Adam stuff. Like it's it's going to be a pretty wild experience. And if Disney's looking at it in any sort of comparable way, they have to say either we release it on the Friday and get in front of it. Or we wait till it's calmed down and drop it on the celebration weekend. Because yeah, it doesn't make much sense because there, there's been no hype whatsoever or anything announced. No, the, this fandom thing too, it's it's going to consume that weekend of news. Like yeah, they, got a, they got ahead of it, man. They, they finally took a, a page from their playbook. Exactly. I'm, I'm excited, man. I'm, I'm happy that it's, WB went for this and said, I, I have never been this excited and optimistic about what DC is doing. Like this. Agreed. This is great, man. And, and I know I wouldn't. Of DC, Star Wars, and Marvel, DC is the last group that I would have said would do something proactive and aggressive like this. Dead last, but they're out there. And if this is successful, Marvel and and, and Star Wars are going to be going like kicking rocks over there, going, "We this should have been us. We should have done this." This is a I think personally that D twenty three should have done this. Right? They have enough content between Marvel, Star Wars, all this to produce something of this scale. And the fact that DC pulled the trigger and then now has the promotional machine of Dwayne The Rock Johnson, James Gunn, like everyone really pushing hard on this thing. This is going to be the biggest event of this year yeah. from a convention perspective for by sure. far. And it, I, and it just, for me, it reinforces that long running theory I've had that Lucasfilm doesn't know what they want to do with the big screen stuff specifically. So they're just saying, we got nothing to say right now. We're, we're not doing yeah. it. We're not going to commit because we know what that's led to in the past. But um, Corey, let me come to you over here. When you, I'm going I'm to assume that you're on board. But when we get this trailer, do you want it to be just sort of um, a vague trailer with a bunch of contextless shots? Or do you want that season's main narrative to sort of be teased at, uh, including some shots of the many characters who have been rumored to be in the second season? Do you want that part of the trailer or hide that and pretend that we'll be surprised? First and foremost, I just want to say I'm really ready for it and I can't wait. And I really do think it's around the corner. It makes sense with all the everything that's coming up. You know, we got to get it out there. But I'm kind of I'm kind of a bit on the fence. Like they've done a good job in the past of keeping us kind of like (gasps) giving us those. Oh, my God, moments. But at the same time, keeping a lot of things close to the chest. And I'm more about close to the chest. I mean, I don't want anything spoiled. Like, I don't want to see a Sabine or an Ahsoka in the trailer. So keep the cameos kind of whatever. Give us some shots of the Darksaber. Uh, I don't know. Like, it'd be nice to see kind of like a bit of a shocker moment a bit. But I don't want to see the main plot either. I kind of like it to be jumpy and I want to be lost. And I don't want to know what's going on necessarily. Like, I just want to see cool images of what I have to look forward to. Yeah, I think it's going to be that. It's it, They're not going to 
give us any of that stuff we've been speculating heavily about. They'll make us wait on that until the very last minute, maybe even the day of the release. I, th I think that what they'll lean on is just Baby Yoda, those great shots of that little face, and that character being in mortal danger. And I think they'll just terrify us with that, with a whole bunch of that. Uh, I could see a lot of action, too, going on. Oh, yeah, for sure. Lots of lots of action shots. Lots of really cool stuff. Uh, the Mando using... Lots of Mando just turning his head really sharply, quickly. <laughs> like, <laughs> Yeah, he'll no doubt he'll have some new gadgets as part of his suit. And who knows if he'll have a new look, right? You got you to gotta keep selling those those Black Series figures. So will he have a third look? You know, can Will we he repair that? the jetpack? Well, absolutely. Well, he flew off in the jetpack, mm -hmm. right? At the end of, of season Wasn't one. Wasn't it so. damaged, though, at the end? When he got... No, it's true. It was fine. Yeah, he took off with it, with the, with the, the little guy. Anyway, what do you, Carlos, what do you think? You want to be teased, or you do you want them to just sort of uh, be vague about it? Uh, well, vague is always better, but um, I, I think going into season two, it's not the same as going into season one, right? So, like, uh, we kind of have a feeling of what the series is. So, uh, we, uh, as opposed to before season one where we had no idea what the the, the storylines were going to be now we kind of have like um a, a thought of uh who might be wearing the spurs uh are we getting more bill burr and 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 that gang um is uh is din jaren going back to tatooine at some point there's there's a lot more stuff so i think if they were smart they'd really kind of like um shrink down a little bit of the story elements and like Corey said like quick action shots maybe and uh little things that like are just gonna you know allude maybe to action uh maybe some baby yoda shots using the force but other than that uh i i think it's gonna be um very superficial like very surface based they're not gonna give they're not gonna try to spoil the story as much as possible because there's a lot more story to chew on. Yeah. Tim, you want to chime in? Yeah, man, I'm going to I'm going to take a different perspective on this one. I'm going to look at this from the Disney business perspective. I I think they're going to show us more and try to hype this thing through the ceiling. I, I agree with you guys that there's going to be those quick action shots, but I think we'll get a stinger of some sort teasing one of those many characters that are rumored to be in this, whether it's Fett, Ahsoka, whatever. I, I just think looking at Disney's earning calls over the last week or so and them trying to drive eyes to Disney Plus with Mulan in the early part of September, I think that they're going to say, look, here's Mando season two. It was the most in demand by far of any streaming service for season whatever on on these big platforms now. And I think they're going to say, look, we've got season two. Here it is. They want to generate a ton of buzz and then translate that into direct subscribers for Mandalorian Season 2. And I think that what that needs is a pretty substantial first trailer. I don't think it's going to be story-heavy, but it's going to be visually heavy. Like, this is what's coming. You're right. Here's Baby Yoda. Here's Mando. Here's some of those new tricks and, and treats and that you're going to see. But also, we're expanding the Star Wars lore in this in this environment here. And here it is, guys. Here's Even if it's just a hood from the back, I don't know. I think they're going to give us a little bit more than we're used to 
from a Star Wars teaser trailer where they try to hold most things pretty close to the chest. I'm down with like a, that, like you said, like the, that hooded figure. That'd be cool. Like something like you don't know and you can speculate on. Like I'm yeah. down with that. They gotta get people talking. Like we're gonna be talking about this anyways because it's the Mandalorian. Because we had so much fun and it was you know one of the if not the most well received Star Wars thing in the last few years and maybe even in the Disney era. But they want to generate over the top buzz. It's not just okay, Mando's coming. It's like it's coming with this stuff. And I think that's where they're going to go. Um, and maybe I'm just playing devil's advocate here a little bit, but I, I'm excited for what they can do in this, in a, even with just a stinger, right? We see that used a lot in the MCU films, not so much in Star Wars, and they could take a page out of that and use that to draw in the voices that maybe are saying, of course I'm going to watch it. Now let's speculate even more, right? They want to drive online discussion about this and stingers hooded figures cloaked figures that will do that yeah cause I, cause I think if lucasfilm is smart and we've talked about this before about how lucasfilm i think needs to sort of change how they do things from a pr perspective a marketing perspective mm-hmm. they know what we know they know the rumors that are out there they they've seen yep. fans react to it um I think they'd be wise a little bit to play with something there and dangle a carrot because even if they yeah, don't show 100%. you a full on shot of Ahsoka in the trailer, if they gave you a shot that like, like the cloak figure with the, the staff, the, the cloak figure with the staff and you, you don't see your face. You just, or maybe you just see the shadow of that person and we all fall out of our chairs and we spin around in circles and go into convulsions. We know who it is, but yet they don't show us. There's going to be, I do like the idea that they will put that carrot out there and that mm-hmm. in turn will translate to more people flocking to the service to, to sign up. Cause Tim, like you said, season one was by far the most in demand streaming show at, like ever. It was crazy how season one performed above and beyond anything else on any other service. They're going to want to capitalize on that and bring more people mm-hmm. in for a bigger, better season two the best way to do that is to like draw, draw flies with honey. Right. Yeah. So, and, and, it, and it can, it can point people back at clone wars, right? When people getting excited is who's this cloak figure. Like you get people yeah. that are on the periphery of fandom that watched Mandalorian that enjoyed it. They show this, you get texts from those people. Who's this cloak figure? Well, it could be Ahsoka. Go check out season seven of clone wars. You know what I've heard? And this, this is very pertinent. Like my girlfriend. Cool. Like she's it. Okay. Like I, don't understand but it looks pertinent the black uh, the dark saber like that's something you can refer people like no no that was in rebels and like it was a big thing with mando culture and blah 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 like there's a huge backstory that was been laid there for star wars fans like us who actually know the story but other people don't you know like and if they want to know it's accessible now very much so and and i guess just for a star wars example of this think about the difference of the rise of skywalker trailer with and without the emperor at the end of it right like how at the end when you had his voice it was a different trailer than it would have been without him and it drove that speculation what's the emperor doing and then it led to literally months of discussions on the emperor's role in the rise of skywalker is it anything is it substantial like it's that's what they want to do right they want to generate discussion they want people talking about this they literally want hashtags trending yeah, for absolutely. this type of stuff. hundred percent. Like marketing is so different now than it was five years ago. 
and it's all dependent on getting your thing trending, people talking about it in a positive way. <laughs> that, you never know when Star Wars starts trending. You don't. You, you yeah. never really. When you see Ryan Johnson trending, yeah. Oh, great. <laughs> what? Why is he trending? Is it because it's people are trashing him, or do people are people loving him to death? You never know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, wow. It's that hype machine. It's coming. Yeah. So, and again, like with a character like Ahsoka, if if all the rumors pan out, like she is a huge piece of the of the puzzle, at least in the near term, over the next one to three years, let's say. She's got to be a part of everything, marketing of everything, and that might start this month. You know, if, yeah, if, if they have rumors, to leverage her popularity. Yes, absolutely. Exactly. That's that's well put. That's the way to put it. Like you you use her and you bring more people into the service above the 60 million people that have already signed up for Disney plus, which is all like way above expectations of what they thought they'd get. If she's getting her own show, like you start now, you start now like pumping those tires now. Mm-hmm. So it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting to see how they handle that, that trailer. Hopefully in a couple of weeks that comes out. Uh, all right. Someone you know has probably experienced cancer, a heart attack, or stroke. The odds of experiencing one of these are high, which could result in bills for thousands of dollars in out-of-pocket expenses. How would you pay for it? With your savings? There is another option. It's called Active Care. Active Care is a supplemental health insurance policy that offers protection for covered cancer, heart attack, or stroke, and a choice of cash benefit options from ten to sixty thousand dollars. And with Active Care, the cash is yours to use as you see fit. Active Care is brought to you by Colonial Penn Life Insurance Company and is underwritten by Washington National Insurance Company. Get Active Care for cash, choice, and control. Visit ColonialPen.com for more information. This is a limited benefit policy. This policy has limitations and exclusions. For costs and complete details of coverage, visit ColonialPen.com. Um, that's really it for the Star Wars news. There were some other small things, but we'll let that slide for this week. I want to devote the rest of this episode, and it takes as long as it takes, um, to the potential. Guys, are we going to eulogize the cinematic experience here? tonight are we going to cast a farewell to the cinema the movie going experience the popcorn buckets the big screens is that a thing of the past because right now this world of ours is is in this holding pattern the cinema industry is in a rut the pandemic is trashing everything but they've got these limited release movies the these older movies back for five bucks a pop that's great and all that's not going to pay the bills that's not going to keep the industry afloat Uh, so to that end and because this pandemic isn't going away, wear your mask. Some mm-hmm. big changes have started to happen behind the scenes that might bring about the end of an era here, or maybe the end of an industry as a whole. So, like I said, we've got the rest of the night to ourselves here. Uh, so let's talk about the future of the cinematic experience and how it might be impacted given these two bits of huge news. The Universal AMC deal, which has shortened the window from theatrical to home release from 90 days to 17 days which is crazy and then from the disney end of things mulan going to disney plus but as a premium video on demand choice so it's going to cost you an extra 30 bucks on your on your bill but you're going to get mulan instead of having to truck to the theater you get to pipe it right into your home day and date release does black widow and others follow probably maybe 
I don't know. Carlos, what do you think, man? Um, this, these two new bits of news, how, do you, how, how are they making you feel? Um, I, I have my thoughts on it. I'm, I'm going to pass the buck here. Like, uh, I think what they're doing right now is adjusting. Um, they uh, obviously want to try to keep revenue streams uh, coming in. But as far as the the greater picture of 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 the question, I'm gonna I'm gonna come to it later. I'm I'm gonna let you guys, because I I have a feeling I might be standing alone here. So, um, <laughs> I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna let you guys go first, and and um, and and I'll come back to it. But uh, as far as the, the what they're doing now, I think it's just an adjustment period, and they're looking for ways to try to maximize the stuff that they've already had in the hopper. Uh, things that they've already produced that uh, they've been able to complete despite the lockdown. Um, I, I don't really, uh, as far as that, I, I kind of understand it. Uh, but like I said, for the for the bigger picture, uh, come back to me later. <laughs> Will do. Corey, what do you think? All right. Yeah, I'll take the reins here for a second. I just want to say first and foremost, it's really funny. Like uh, last evening, or no, it was Friday evening, sorry. I had the house to myself. Well, not the house to myself, but everybody was in bed. It was about 11 p.m. And I'm like, I'm going to watch me an episode of The Mando. And I was kind of like zoning out beforehand. Like, what am I going to do? You know, I had I was a few beers in. <laughs> deep in thought. Yeah, sure. And I was kind of like, you know, just thinking about things and the state of things. And I'm like, kind of like, what do I enjoy? What do I like doing? And what am I looking forward to when this is all over? And the first thing it came back to in my mind was I miss going to Star Wars movies in the theater and we just, we just got a movie in 2019, right? And there were our yeah, we're seven, seven, eight months out. That's it. And I just got my first real time where I'm like, oh, I can't wait for the next one because it's such an event. There's something about it, getting together and just celebrating with friends and family. Like, it's something I hope I do to the day I die, man. Even if I have to get wheelchaired in there, like, just bring me to go see another Star Wars. So, like, I'm big, 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 big. I'm going to the cinema. I love the cinematic experience. I love going to the theater. And honestly, I really hope it never does die. And in my heart of hearts, I'm going to say that I don't think it ever will. I think it's, it may evolve and change and really change radically to the point where like you're kind of uh, pointing toward Kyle is a home releases for things. But I think in the long run, the worst case scenario, maybe we'll get it'll be a little more exclusive, maybe a, more of an exclusive experience. And I, I'm not okay with that. I, I think it should be more readily available. And you know, when the time is right, but like you guys are all saying, from a business standpoint, that that's what it, it is. Can these companies really hang on and hold on for that long? The studios need to recoup their money. And I mean, even me, Mulan, I'm interested in seeing it. I don't know. I own Disney Plus. Do I really want to spend an additional thirty dollars to watch it? I don't think so. Like well, it's yeah, really you also have to like weigh that against how much you would have spent if you went to the theater, right? That's mm -hmm. that's the idea. So I've yeah, seen all these I, people I go it. like I I own I have Disney Plus. So I'm not paying thirty more dollars. Okay, then don't. I mean, wait, it, it'll be on Disney Plus eventually as part of the exactly. regular. But if you wanted to see it in theater, you were going to pay extra anyway. So if if it's, it. like, if it's all about the cinematic experience, that's fine. But to say I'm not paying thirty more dollars because I already have Disney Plus, that to me is a null argument. 
Agreed. Well, I, I don't know. Like, it, it really depends on what's coming out. Like, certain things, for sure, I would pay for if I'm forced to. But, you know, put it this way. Like, I got a vacation coming, not this week, the following. And, you know, I'm going to check what's in the theater. I'm not going to force it. But I think a really cool experience. My son's eight years old. But I think, you know, we if we take the right precautions and we go to, like, a show on, like, a Wednesday night at like 9 9:45 you know like it's cool memory for him but at the same time like i i'm really on the fence with the whole pandemic should i do it should i not do it but i'd like to go see him to take one of these uh, go s- take him to see one of these old shows like the karate kid or something like that that was just out in theater you know he, he's never seen it i think that'd be a good thing to do and like i said I, i'm really into the the theater theatrical experience like i hope it never goes anywhere but the times they're changing really quite rapidly. And we've talked about this for years on the podcast too, that it always seems that's the route that companies might, might take eventually, but I don't know. It, it depends on the next generation really, you know, will they like going to the cinema as much as me and walking in and smelling the popcorn and the lights and the movie posters and the arcades, maybe like maybe they'll just be totally different people and, not really cared to say like you know what i'd rather sit on my couch and not go socialize with people it's very possible so it's kind of almost coming out of our hands as well like everybody's got to contribute to go and see these things to make them blockbusters right and that's not happening anytime soon like look at christopher nolan's film tenant right i think that that movie is a huge budget of like 200 or 250 million how are they going to recoup that you know what i mean it's opening internationally but not here right select and, markets uh, and yeah and whenever it's ready to go here whenever the, the numbers have dropped low enough that people feel comfortable going to the cinema that's a long way off man yeah we're a long way off from there so it is scary and like, i just don't know how long these companies and theaters will be able to hold up without support even if there was some kind of you know it's hard to say it like this like they really got to squeeze their lemons too you know what i mean like i would donate almost to make sure that the like say like five bucks a month or something just to make sure that the theater doesn't close <laughs> like i, go I fund love me the yeah theater. a go fund me for for these billion dollar corporations anyway like come on it's, it's, it's not cool enough thing. that we're bailing out all these other companies now we're gonna float our own money to keep these guys afloat for no i don't know that hey do what you want i, I, I get you but I, I, in the long run, it would be worth it to me to not lose out on that experience in the long run. Like, if it does become more exclusive, so be it. But I hope they gussy it up, like you were saying earlier, or Carlos was saying earlier before the show, maybe, uh, like, I would love to go into, like, an art deco kind of theater with, like, balconies and whatnot, you know? That would mm-hmm. be dope. That would be really, like, it would just add to the experience even more. And there's something about, like, making an experience, you know, like, when I go out, like I like to go have dinner and stuff. Like it's a whole event to go see a movie for me, man. It's it's a very big deal. And they've they've started to transition into that environment, right? When you're in a movie theater, you can get a beer, you can get food delivered, you can get to those adult only ones that are the big lazy boy chairs. And so they're trying to change the experience and make it into the comfort experience, similar to the one you'd have in your home, but you can come here and have it all at your seat. And so I agree with you that that whole exclusivity and more of the higher end, you know, dinner and a movie in one spot is going to be the forward path for some of these 
theater chains, but I don't know if it's the answer to what will be a substantial problem in that industry in the not too distant future. Yeah. I mean, if, if movies go away and here we are, we're talking about, I've been talking, I know guys, you guys over at the nerd room have been talking about this hard and heavy for the last couple of weeks. It's something that I've talked about too. And like longtime listeners will know that I've said like, it's happening at some point, internet connections are going to be fast enough and people are going to have the capability and the desire to just skip it. Send it to me now. Like I'll take it at home. It's good enough. What I have is good enough. I'll take it. There will be enough of that. And the the pandemic is, it's happening much faster than I would have thought. I I always said like five to 10 years. It's happening now. Like it ended up being like one to two years. So here we are. We're on this doorstep of this huge evolution in the way in which we consume movies. I don't think it's going to go away. I don't want theaters to go away. Personally, I mean, I, I'm lucky enough that I've seen every Star Wars movie on the big screen multiple times. Uh, I saw, I got to see many other blockbusters, MCU films, DC, all the things I've ever wanted to see on the big screen, I've seen on a big screen. If the theater went away today, I would say, you know, I had a good run with it. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll remember this for a while. Um, what about the children, man? Well, and that, well, I was getting to that. Like, I'll feel bad for our kids who won't get that. But then again, who is the first group of people that quickly, easily adapt and move, f- find their own way? It's kids. You know, they will be just fine. You know? Yeah. They, they will be absolutely fine. There's there's no doubt about I that. I love taking my son to the theater, man. Honestly, we've had such good experiences. Well, for sure. And we've, yeah, I've taken my kids, we've all taken our kids to the theater and it's been great. But if it, it, it would hurt more for us than I think it would for them because they'll find another way. They always do. Kids always find a way. They make their own thing. Whatever I get it. it. Is, they, 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 they would be the first one to, to, to get through this unscathed. Um, yeah, like I'll, I'll, I'm always going to cherish that experience, but um, I think there's always going to be an appetite for event-style films. So uh, I think somebody over in the Nerd Room talked about it, and Bradley Hollis talked about it on our end. He's given me like the details, the inside experience of being at like the Alamo Draft House. Mm-hmm. That kind of experience. It's it's time for that. It's it's it should be happening like i don't think we have any of that around here in the montreal area there might be one or two i haven't heard about it there's one vip cineplex in brossard yeah i'm not going to brossard one. i'm not yeah, there's yeah, only one it's one it, that's garbage and so maybe all these cinemas maybe they need to retrofit you know clear out the, the stadium seating put in tables social distancing that I, you, I mean, you, you can laugh about it, but that's going to have to be part of the mm-hmm. evolution going forward where companies are going to have to say, what if this happens again? We can't do this again. We need to find a way to stay open and, and, or give ourselves the best chance to stay open and keep business operations going if another pandemic hits. And so, yeah, gut, let's gut all of these sardine can type chairs. Yeah. And and maybe we make smaller rooms with slightly smaller screens, but hey, you got a bar over there at the one side of the room, and you've got a menu, and you can get great food brought to your table while you watch on a relatively big screen. The experience is different, but it's still not watching at home on your phone or your iPad, which to me is just that 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 
for sure some people will go that route for reasons. But boy, you ask the people you who are making it. these movies if that's the way they intend their movies to be consumed, not a chance. Yeah, that's, that's there's the, something about the 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 camaraderie and the solidarity, you know what I mean? Like that's what's being really eroded right now with the pandemic, man. Like I don't want to lose that sense of community, even though like I don't like people all that much. <laughs> you know what I mean? But there's a lot of good people out there, man. And when you go see something like Star Wars or Avengers in theater, there's just something that's really special about it. And I don't know, I just don't want to lose that with the again the to have that connection to other people that complete strangers like yeah, live the, the communal experience changes for sure absolutely but tim what do you think about the the 30 price point for mulan is that a test balloon or do you think that's sort of that this is where we feel mulan is if this was rise of skywalker if we were you know if the pandemic had actually started nine months sooner you know what do they and they, they decide to go imagine <laughs> imagine a world in which they decide to go direct to streaming with rise of skywalker what is the price point on that well look i think the 30 dollar price point is to me it's a almost a moot point like it doesn't matter it's as cheap or cheaper than going to the movie theater anyways if you're going to go yes. see mulan you're going to pay 50 bucks for you and your spouse or partner or whatever to go and see Mulan plus popcorn plus maybe dinner and a beer after. So, and for those of us with young children, a babysitter. So to me, it's, it's way cheaper. The financial aspect of it to me is almost a non-starter from a discussion or a dispute point. Like who cares? You pay eight bucks a month for Disney plus and you pay 30 bucks to, to rent it and then you get it forever. Right? Like it's, it's one of those things that I was corrected on. I thought it was like a rental VOD type thing. But apparently, you, if you buy it, it just sits on your Disney Plus until you end your subscription. So I, I don't see the $30. I would pay 50 bucks to see Black Widow, right? Like, I, I'm, I'm okay with that, that it almost that up the cost to, to help offset what they're losing. And some of the statistics that were pointed out, 30% of the Disney Plus audience buys that. It becomes one of the biggest films of all time domestically and because there's such a base built into disney plus already of 60 million plus subscribers you do the math 30 bucks for 30 percent of those people that's a big opening and maybe bigger than you would have got and then the, you look at the the stats of the movies that have come before trolls world tour did like almost a hundred million dollar opening weekend it would have never done that in theaters do and they, do I, they so release I, those numbers though like do, I we, do think we find out that data I think there is a way that it's amalgamated outside of the subscription service direct, right? So Disney, I don't think it will release the exact number, but they're also going to want to say how successful it was. Like yeah. they got to use it as a promo tool. Like this is how successful it was on Disney plus. Is this a one-off? I don't think so. Bob Chesapeake said, CEO of Disney said, this is a one-off guys. I don't think so. I think this whole pandemic, I think you alluded to this, uh, Kyle is it's expediting everything this was a five ten year plan this is now a six month plan this is now a one year plan how can we transition from this to what was meant to be the eventual end game for disney plus and they also have to look too like you said they have to start hedging their bets for what could be a future pandemic they will not swallow films like this ever again there will be a plan b for all of this like they've moved a lot of this stuff into 21 
but what if theaters don't open in a substantial way? Like, how do you get that content out to people? How do you, how do you facilitate the eyes on these big projects without having to shove it all into next following years? The MCU is going to run to issues with this, with the way they tell stories. And how does 21 look when you bunch up two years worth of films into one year? And this might be why Mulan's being put on Disney Plus, not only as a tester, but it might not have a spot in 21. You know, you're now competing if if Tenet gets pushed out, if Wonder Woman, if Black Widow, and then you add in all the other films that were actually supposed to come out in 21. It becomes very competitive. And right, exactly. do some films fall by the wayside just due to pure uh, competitive nature of limited weekends now that we have two years of films in one year. Yeah, you, you, don't, you, don't, you don't want to bottleneck things, right? You don't want... Exactly. Especially, you don't want to... Works for like franchises, especially where it's like, for Marvel, the MCU, they I don't know how many film, films they have planned for Phase 4. They're going to have to move on Black Widow at some point. They can't just sit on it till 2021. Like, they've got Eternals to, to lay, out, lay out for exactly. Phase 4, and they've got whatever's coming next year. They've got to start moving. They don't want to just say, we're just going to not do it until we're good and ready with the theaters. That pushes back yeah. everything. Exactly. And they've had another layer of complexity in their storytelling with Disney+. Plus is that now things are dependent on two different platforms. It's not just a sequential movie experience. It is now a dual platform experience where you have narrative being spun and thread through Disney Plus shows that matter for movies. Maybe not in a substantial general audience way, but the way we've been trained in the MCU <laughs> space is True. watch one movie after another, yep. but now it's, it's, it's transitioning into the Disney Plus platform for the story. And if you want, it's not like the, the Netflix stuff where they had that off mention of the event and all this, right? This is going to be characters transitioning from the big screen to the small screen, opening up the storytelling, but also making it still matter. That was very specific by Kevin Feige. And so now they're competing with that. And so I think this whole pandemic has has shifted and expedited everything and I'm going to say it here, I really question if the age of the blockbuster is dead. The age of that $150 million opening weekend, that, you know, that almost unattainable $200 million opening weekend. Like, is that, is that dead? Like, is that ever going to come back? Are, are it, you, it are depends, you, are, man. Like, hold, hold on, Corey, you spoke enough. Like, nobody wants to hear <laughs> your voice. <laughs> uh, the, uh, are you, is that your point of view just because of COVID? Or is it uh, just because you think that the tide was shifting? Because Endgame was last year. Yeah, of, of course. And Endgame 2 was a special film. And that is, I think, the, the experience of all experiences. And I agree with you. I think that it's shifting because it's being expedited onto these subscriber-based platforms. Mm -hmm. And and I wonder if COVID has really hampered that. Like I think the the film industry is is permanently changed now because of of this pandemic. And I think maybe it was going that way anyway. And we'll talk about some of these antitrust laws that that they've really started to to cut apart in the states. But I, I just am really curious if like I have a real hard time picturing myself back in theaters in the same capacity that I used to be. Well, and, oh yeah, for sure. Like, Something you said interestingly early enough, Tim, like I just want to make sure I heard you correctly. You were saying that tr Trolls came out to a $100 million weekend, right? 
something like that 90 million equivalents yeah with regard when you add up all the apple itunes buys the wherever you buy stuff right okay so like and but you were also saying someone said that was possibly an anomaly or was that about something else well, it could. I don't know if it's an anomaly. I don't. I don't really have any commentary around that. But it could be we're mid-pandemic. There's nothing new, and then this this thing pops online. Like we bought it. We paid the twenty bucks or whatever it was for to, to do. Yeah, like the, with the kids <laughs> and all that stuff. So like that might be a hard comparison because you know trolls wouldn't have opened to ninety million dollars in the theater. It might have done thirty forty. So that's it. Like it's day. interesting numbers from like a production company standpoint. If they're making those kind of numbers, like why would they even want to go back to the cinema as well? What's the incentive for them to go back if they're going to be making more with these well, at home releases? That's just it. Like that's why Mulan is so important. Like if that does mm-hmm. gangbusters, and I think back to last year where Bob Iger said, no, 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 no. Like right before Disney Plus launched, they were he was saying, we're not doing. Uh, movies straight to Disney Plus. We like the cinematic experience. We like the money. We like the buzz, all the marketing, like everything that goes with the cinematic thing. They like that. They weren't going to that. That was just a year ago, right? And that, of course, that's pre-COVID world. And then, of course, last week at the earnings call, Bob Chapek said the same thing. Like, this is a one-off. We're not looking at this as a new business model going forward. BS, Bob. Mm-hmm. There's not a chance that they are not watching this like hawks. And if it does oh, yeah. well... They're gonna. It's gonna be the ne- the the thing that they go, huh? Well, we didn't want to do this, but look how viable it is. Why wouldn't what they, they do the both man? at the same time? Give people the option. Like, unfortunately, yes. Okay. When it comes to certain films, maybe I'd do it like that. Like you guys were saying, thirty dollars a film for Mulan, or maybe they'll up the price for something like Black Black Widow. But you know that again, there's that community vibe. In the least, I would think uh, Tim. If you were going to watch Black Widow, would you maybe try and do it in a safe way with Troy and Carlos and Sanjay maybe? You know I, I, mean? I would love to, but my comfort level has to be there. If the option is one or the other, if you were to give it to me today, I would watch it in my home theater I have at home here. But would you like? Would you want to have the boys over? Is that something you're willing to do like in a safe way or – I don't think so. It's too, it's, it's too nerve wracking. Look, it's, I was it's... supposed to have uh, my my son was supposed to have a play date this weekend. He has not seen one single friend since this pandemic started. He was going to have his little buddy over. They were going to play in the backyard. Keep it outside. Go jump in the pool. We were fine with that. His dad calls us or texts us the morning of an hour before the play date and goes, oh, by the way, um, my little guy, he's got the he's at the back end of a cold. He's still sneezing and coughing a little bit. Are you OK with that? And my what? wife flips out flips out she's like oh my god oh my god what like she was losing her mind she's been so uh, uh, uh vigilant about keeping us all safe and and what is this news at the 11th hour there's not a chance and so the play date was canceled and my son was gutted and he was so upset and it was a whole thing but who's gonna take the chance that some sniffly person might walk into your house and give you this unsavory <laughs> disease mm-hmm. so you can watch a movie together. It's it's nonsense. It's crazy. Okay, let, let's pretend Star Wars is not a Christmas release and, you know, it's $30 to watch to rent it. I want to do this with my buddies, right? You find a way, maybe we rent a projector or someone has a projector and you watch it outside or something. But yeah. I, I would figure for one of these... Big event movies, I would find a way to really make it work amongst friends, man. Like, 
even if it's winter and outside, like light a fire, like figure it out. I don't know. Around a barrel. No, I like, <laughs> and I, your point about the event movie, I think that's where it's going to go. I think that they will have this event style of viewing because that's where the experience is, right? And I always say in the nerd room, I said, this is like the movie theater is the last frontier where you do one thing, only one thing. Like even as we're podcasting, we're all checking our phones, we're we're typing on you know Google sites. You go, you watch a movie down here. You get up, take a leak. You'll get popcorn. You you know pause it so everyone can you know take a breather. Right? You don't do just one thing anywhere unless you're in a movie theater, and that's even getting harder to do because you get idiots pulling out their phones and that. And so that's the experience I'm gonna miss is that if I sit down here to watch Black Widow if it comes out. What's the chances that I get a full sit down screen unless I started at 9 p.m. and you know the kids are in bed and so you, you make that 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 sacrifice and all that. But I think in the future, you know, will every single film will there be a new debut every single week of the year? I don't think so. Will films like Tenant, Black Widow, Wonder Woman, will there be event like once a month event style viewings? Maybe. Like Dune. I, think about Dune, man. That's yeah. a big franchise that's coming out soon and. I, I just gonna... have a hard time seeing that we're going to go back to pre-COVID in any any framework because you have to, these guys have to look at the long-term effects of this, not only on the industry but also on the business. If this happens again in three years and once the MCU has picked up steam again where they're doing four films a year, Star Wars is doing a film a year, they're producing whatever, right? Like this is just Disney. Then you add in everything else. Can they swallow – the billions of dollars they're losing again just on the film end because there's not an avenue to profitability without theaters. Like, will they do that again? They, to me, the answer is no. Any smart business will have a plan B for this and transition away from the dependability of something like this. That's it. Maybe they can work hand in hand with the like video on demand releases and the theater chains. You know what I mean? Like, maybe that's fodder for spoilers or whatever but maybe they can release at the same time and hey audience youtube well, the theaters want exclusivity mm-hmm. that's where they make their money right that, in, the, and, in the front end yeah exactly and that's that's why watching this amc universal deal will prove to be so important because if people go well i'm just gonna wait two and a half weeks until mm-hmm. if that if, if that proves to be the uh the general mindset of consumers and people don't go to the theater because they know they can get it at home in two and a half weeks. It's over. It's oh, it's done. Carlos theaters make theaters make money by charging $7 for a bag of popcorn that costs 15 mm-hmm. cents to make. Yeah. So th- th- that's, that's where they make the majority of their money. They're the, showing them the movie in the theater is an expense for them. And the, the concessions is where they make their money. So I've been waiting when this was first brought up on the nerd room, I've been waiting for two weeks to 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 drop this. Okay, that's why I wanted to let you guys get your 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 little fee fees off. And uh, the, the thing that I think it was uh, gloom and doom with Troy and and Sanjay on the show, uh, Tim, you were I think you were off that week when they first dropped it. Mm-hmm. And um, the movie business has always been in flux. Uh, when when movies started, uh, they were just pictures. And there was a band at the bottom of the theater playing the music <laughs> for people to watch. And then they brought in 
uh, audio. And they, they actually call them talkies. And then they brought in color pictures. And uh, like Corey talked before about, oh, you know, it'd be cool like to have like a theater like with the Art Deco style. Yeah, that's from the 20s. That's That was 100 years ago. And throughout that whole time, we had the revolution of video stores. And now we talk about Blockbuster like it was prehistoric, right? <laughs> but but the thing that remained constant was the movie theater. It's I think that, yes, the movie-going experience is, is going to become, pro- like everything else, is going to become more niche. Yep. Everything that we we do right now is more niche before you used to go to the record store now you click a button on your phone and you download an album uh there's streaming there's all kinds of things but people still go to live shows if we're gonna uh put everything out there and i guess it's it's good for um for the conversation uh to have a hard stance left or right about anything um once the, the COVID thing passes us by, because it will, it's a virus, it's cyclical, there may be in another 50 years or 100 years, there's going to be another pandemic, we're going to have to deal with it. But the things that we love are going to come back. If video stores didn't come back, it's because the technology that we have now that replaced it is better. There's nothing better than watching a movie on a 100-foot screen. It's just, it cannot be replaced. What might change might be the amount of time a movie is in the theater. So if you look at The Rise of Skywalker, it was in theater, what, two and a half months? Kyle, you know better than anybody else. Yeah, it, it wasn't there for the standard amount of time. I mean, it, and it lingered, but it had its main run from, from December through February into, into March. Okay, and 10 years ago, Avatar was in theaters eight months. It doesn't exist anymore. The, 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 the time frame that movies are in the theater is a lot shorter now. But the theater experience is still there. Endgame was the most successful movie in the history of cinema. And that was just last year. So I, I, I think that, yes, it might become a little more niche, but the allure of cinema is always going to be there. I, I don't believe, you know what? Some megaplexes might close. Others might spring up. There's going to be a rotation. There's going to be a change. But the theater experience is always going to be there, whether we're watching them in, in, in crappy seats, uh, folding chairs, or Barca loungers, that theater experience will always be there. It might not be there. See, Tim, the thing that that, that that you said before that really struck a chord with me is you need to find a babysitter. Ten years ago, you didn't need to find a babysitter. Right? Now you do because you have two young children. Mm-hmm. That has nothing to do with COVID, has nothing to do with the movie, uh, the movie business. Has nothing that's your life. Yeah. That's that's specific to you. So we, we need to step outside of ourselves and look at the big picture. There are 
billions of people in this world that don't have kids that don't need a baby that don't need a babysitter and don't have the same constraints that you do or Kyle does or that I do. I bring my kids to the movies. I, I'll bring. I, I started bringing my kids uh, to to watch movies in the theater by the time they were four years old. All of them. Uh, that was my personal choice. Uh, I didn't have access to babysitters. I would bring them to me. Uh, my, I remember 10 years ago, actually 10 years ago, probably this month, I brought my son to watch his first movie. It was Toy Story 3. We both cried. It was awesome. Those are things that you they'll never be able to uh, take away from, from people. What's going to change is maybe the duration that movies are in the theater. And guess what? People are going to adjust to that. They're, they know that, oh, I'm not going to skip this week. You know, I, I'll go next week. That whole I'll go next week is going to change because now people are going to know that the movie's in the theater for a certain amount of time and they're going to want to go see it. And that's going to help the movie, the theaters and the studios maximize the amount of money that they're going to make in that shorter amount of time. I remember back in maybe 10, 15 years ago, it's like, oh yeah, I'll wait till it goes to the, the dollar show or the two, like the, the palace on, on, on St. Catherine street, downtown <laughs> $2. Montreal, two, $2, $2 movies. I watched Austin Powers there like four times. <laughs> I could have seen it the first week it opened, but I had that choice. Now we're going to have to adjust the way we do things, but we'll still have it's, I, I keep coming back to, um, James, James Earl Jones, and this is a Star Wars podcast, and, and people are going to think I'm going to quote Darth Vader, but no, I'm quoting Terrence Mann from Field of Dreams. Baseball. There's always been a constant, and it's been baseball. So you take that, what he says, and you put it to the movie the movie industry, it's the same thing. We're agree, always man. We're always going to have the movie industry. It's always going to be there. I don't see it doom and gloom. We're just going to adjust like we adjust with everything else. Obviously, this is COVID contingent. I wanted to watch Empire on the big screen when yeah. the time came for me to do it. I, I was a little reticent. I bailed. I, I was reticent. Okay, I I didn't go. It's a regret of mine, but you know what? I'm okay with my choice because of the time we're living in right now. This is not constant. Mm. The constant is the movie theater. That's my speech. Well, and I, yeah. I don't disagree with you, man, at all. Like I think that all your points that are super valid and the idea that the constant is the theater experience, whether it's niche or whatever. But when you look at it in the framework of the business model that Disney universal WB are doing. And when I said the age is the age of the blockbuster dead, if you go down to niche markets for this stuff, it's in for two weeks. Does your hundred million dollar movies exist anymore? Does your $200 million movies exist anymore in their opening weekend? And then when you look at profitability of all that, is Disney going to get, you know, a little antsy about sharing the profits when they can put Mulan onto their streaming service, charge you an extra 30 bucks and get 100% of the profits? They're not sharing any of it. So the, I agree the experience is going to be the same, but is the availability of the films going to be the same? Is Disney going to put every single one of their tentpole films into a Cineplex? Or are they going to say half them go and half them don't? Like, we're going to drive eyes at this Disney Plus thing. And I don't think it's any, it, it, it's, it's not any coincidence that the two biggest studios pumped out direct, uh, direct streaming services in the last year, HBO Max and Disney Plus. 
like there is an end game there, right? Like Netflix is amongst, if not the, depending on the time of day, the most profitable entertainment company on the planet. And they don't own a single movie theater, but their game is movies and TV shows. And so I wonder if the evolution of the experience goes to that niche stuff. I, I agree with you, man. It's going to be there. But is every, like, let's say Landmark or uh, Cineplex folds in Canada. How many theaters do you have in, in your town? We have, we'll have three or four in Calgary, down from, like, 12 or something. And well, I'm zero. We have no theaters out here. It's crazy. Well, I mean, like, we so do, the accessibility of it between. changed, too. Like, if, if those collapse or if these laws that are coming in change the game a bit and you can't watch Tenant on a big screen, how does that change things? And so I, I think that, yeah, that experience is going to be there and it's going to be something that maybe the Alamo Draft House and these VIP theaters pick up and run with the baton there where they've created an all-inclusive experience. But I wonder if the shoulder-to-shoulder endgame experience, like... Which, which yeah. I've called the I greatest agree. cinematic experience I've ever had. Is that is that something of a reality? Is that going to come back? I don't know. I, I, I don't really, so, really man, question whether or not it is. I think people have been scared away permanently almost in a way. Like even if a year, two years, three years from now, we've been giving a complete clean bill of health, I don't think we're going to see those kind of turnouts. And like Avengers is was an anomaly, not really. Like they planned around a ten year event, right? Like that was a special thing. Star Wars is usually always a special thing, and even when you take those films into consideration, I don't believe we're going to see the numbers that we've seen previously with those kind of releases. So I think they will, like Carlos said, they'll alter the game a bit. Like there will still be releases in theaters, but they're also going to like maybe. I, I don't know. They're going to have to come to some kind of agreement where maybe they can release on demand at the same time, but something where they can attain the numbers that they need to like get these blockbusters. Like you were saying, Tim, like I want, I don't want it to be like, okay, like these films will never be toppled. And I don't want them to be toppled due to inflation where we have to pay like $20 more to see a film. Like I want it to be, you know, legit. Yeah, like look, look at it as, like the airline industry is predicting three years until we're back to pre-COVID travel. And your movie theater might be two years. And so can these studios and Cineplex and all that swallow two years of lost profitability and survive this out in the same way that the airlines maybe will if they're not getting fed government money? And well, and moreover to that, I mean, yeah, for sure, the movie industry is the theaters, the theater owners, they're going to, they need these giant blockbuster movies to prop up their their business because they it's, and again like carlos said it's not the movie itself it's the overpriced popcorn and drink that people pay through the nose for as part of their experience now in, in a world where and this is all business i mean it's going to come down to a cold business decision from the studio standpoint if they make five dollars more by going or finding the optimized mix of x amount of time in theater and then straight to to home that's what they're going to do. So what that would mean is then like movies won't have to haul in like these massive grosses because there's going to be no more sharing, right? Or much less of it, right? So so a studio 
for, for a Star Wars movie, like this, or I guess any movie, but a studio will get 40 to 65%, give or take, of the box office take of a cinema, and the cinemas get the rest. Right? If When you go straight, when you cut out the middleman, cinemas get nothing. But the, the studio's profitability will stay the same or go up. Whatever they, f- whatever mix they come to that where that evens out or goes up, that's what they're gonna do, a hundred percent. And so if they if they don't need to be buying TV ads or throwing huge expensive gala premieres and all this other marketing because they're gonna go straight to Disney Plus or whatever services is going, there's that's gonna be the answer. So yes, the there I think there always will be the availability of going to a cinema, but. I don't know, like, we gotta also have to consider, like, how this event, this pandemic has scarred people. I'll use the word scarred. It's gonna be a long time before people are comfortable going to sit shoulder, shoulder to shoulder in a room full of coughing, sneezing people, right? Like, I don't know if I ever will feel comfortable doing that again. And, like, it's, it's, I know it's social distancing and all that stuff now, but like, airlines have tossed that out the window already. Right, so you're yeah. back sitting with a middleman. So, so I mean, if if you if we look at a movie like Rise of Skywalker, which probably cost three fifty to four hundred million dollars to make and market, it grossed a billion dollars. And so once they split that billion with theaters, they took home around six hundred and fifty million. And then you subtract the the production and marketing from that, they're left with around three hundred million. Right. So, the, but then you contrast it to something what they're doing with, with Mandalorian. $80 million to produce the season and how much to market that a fraction, right? They didn't do any marketing. I mean, they did some marketing, but it, it, they didn't spend a hundred million dollars on marketing for Mandalorian. So suddenly they've got a $120 million budget for the Mandalorian. And it, it look at the, look at the attention it's, it did for the service. Like it's, it's all going to come down to math and they can say 100%. whatever they want about we like the cinematic experience. We like this and that. It's going to come down to dollars and cents. I mean, that's why they have these investors calls. The investors don't give a rip about the experience. They give a rip about what the what the the P and E statements are. <laughs> how how far in the black can we go? That's going to drive mm-hmm. every single decision. Yeah, and what's your plan if this happens again? Will be the other, the next question that the investors will will ask. Not that. You know, statistically, this won't happen again for, like you said, Carl's another 50, 100 years. But what if it happens in five years? And so that that's that's the planning aspect that they have to put into it and, and show a viable business model that isn't dependent on the third party theaters. At least that, that's just from a business perspective, the way I, I see it, too. Yeah, they're, they're going to have to have plan B. I mean, imagine next investors call and that, that becomes a topic where what is Disney's plan going forward? Should another pandemic strike? And they go, no, eh, we don't know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's it's now will be built into every single business model. Go forward is, For sure. is what happens. And they, the likelihood of it happening again, I, I, I really don't know. But there was a couple of Netflix documentaries that have that were thrown up right before the pandemic saying there's going to be a pandemic soon. <laughs> and here we are. Well, every so, few years, there is something that goes around. And this mm-hmm. just happens to be the first one that we all as a global community actually acted on in a big way. There was stuff yeah. like 10 years ago that was it yes. H- swine H1N1 and all that. Yeah, yeah. like that, that did the rounds, but none of us really felt any impact from that. There was no masks. There was no, at least here in North America, we didn't shut down anything. We just went on about our lives. Right. So, yeah. but this one massively impacted 
everything. Mm-hmm. And it's, so, it's left marks on everybody. And you're right, Tim, I agree 100%. Any business that relies on, on people flocking to a place and sitting with lots of people, restaurants, theaters, venues, they all are going to have to have plans in place that if this happens again, what are you going to do? Mm-hmm. They'd be irresponsible not to. Yeah. So, so Carlos, I want, I want your opinion on this. We talked about this a little bit before we started podcasting here, and it was these antitrust laws that they have in the States. These are the paramount antitrust consent decrees that were put into place in the mid 40s to prevent studios, namely Paramounts, WB and a few others from owning block booking and really monopolizing theater chains. So there's these decrees put in place that doesn't allow studios to own theater chains. Mm-hmm. They they have to be separate from that piece of the business. So with the Trump administration dissolving a lot of antitrust laws in the last couple of years, one of them is this paramount consent decree, which means that now studios and possibly other entertainment companies like your Amazons, your Netflix, are able to purchase theater chains or start their own theater businesses and so what this means maybe more holistically disney could theoretically purchase landmark and only show their movies is what this potentially could allow will that happen right away i don't think so they put a ton of money into this streaming service stuff and so the likelihood of them jumping over there and and pushing that avenue parallel to what they're doing online probably unlikely but it does open the space for Netflix, Amazon, whomever to start opening these things up. And then you could end up with block bookings. You know, on the weekends, you can only see Disney films throughout the week. You can see everyone else. Mm-hmm. And so there, there's another shift in the industry happening at the exact same time as maybe some of these what you could call testers for what they could do with theaters and the streaming service. But now they're opening up where they're saying, well, the studios can control from the start to the physical finish of a theatrical run of a of a of a film, and so now you get into a, a space where a studio like Disney can control what you see and what is on not only your TV but what is also in the theater, at least in those highly sought after blocks of your Friday night, Saturday night, Sunday night films. So this adds another layer of complexity, I think, to the discussion this ever-evolving discussion that now the, the theater game will change, maybe not immediately, but there's big potential that you could see a, a paradigm shift in how movies are made available to us as individuals. So uh, my my uh, my response to that, my first was the antitrust laws were put in place for a reason. It was mm-hmm. so that they would... Um, stop like you said let's say paramount from creating a monopoly and that was back in the time where you had mgm paramount and maybe the uh, warner brothers and there were only three theater uh, th- uh three main uh studios back in back in the day uh if disney wanted to buy cineplex it doesn't stop sony or um, Universal or anybody else from doing the exact same mm-hmm. thing. 
so what might change is the fact that you can go to one cineplex and watch movies from all the studios. Now you're going to have multiple cineplexes where you can watch movies from a specific studio. If if Disney puts the money in to... to they're, they're, as soon as you tear apart those antitrust laws, just because, let's say, Cine, uh, Disney buys Cineplex, which is probably the biggest movie theater chain in Canada, right? That that law also allows the other studios to do the exact same thing. Mm -hmm. So I think that over time, the playing field will even out. That's assuming that an administration after the one who took apart these rules is going to allow that to continue. Yeah, that's that's true, right? That's because that's the the question mark. Will this be a focus? I don't know. Because but... Teddy Teddy Roosevelt was a, was a huge trust buster uh, back a, a, at the end of the uh, of the 19th century, uh, the beginning of the the 20th century, uh, he was totally against monopolies, and um, so so the, that's when the antitrust laws started coming into it, it, it's it's 120 years. Mm -hmm. that, that 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 idea of people being too powerful uh, Trump is uh, not, not uh, and his administration and those cronies are uh, I, I don't want to get into like a political thing here but like they're 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 all about uh, taking apart regulation and 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 legislation uh, just to try to allow um, businesses to flourish but what ends up happening is that capitalism eats itself so those same companies that would buy huge chains will probably have to end up selling half of Cineplex to another studio so that they could afford it. Well, and that the, that's, I guess, the the part that we don't see right now. And the other option is, too, what these lifting these laws does is that it gives Disney power to say, you show Mulan, Black Widow, and then some other small movie on this times in this space, or you don't get Black Widow. Yep. Yeah, yeah, it allows yeah. it allows them to do that. It allows them to force the owners into how they book their theaters yep. by holding back things like your tentpole MCU film stars, whatever. If you don't do it, then okay, that's fine. We'll go somewhere else. Yeah, but they'll have that option to go somewhere else. That that, that that's what I, that's what I'm saying. I I, I just don't I, I don't see it. I, I just see them. There's going to be an adjustment period. There's going to be people complaining, but eventually, I think. It will balance out whether it be by reinstituting those laws that mm. prohibit studios from order uh, from from owning chains, or from the fact that now that those laws are gone, the other studios, maybe Sony is going to have their own. Sony already is notorious for holding back CDs and holding back uh, Betamax, and they, they they've been doing that from the beginning of holding the, withholding their own technology what's going to stop them from opening up their own theaters probably with amazing sound compared to yeah. another another studio it, it could be uh great for competition uh, it could end up eating itself which is a possibility um and it could be that those regulations are put back in place by uh, an administration that's a little more sane yeah, like, I, and I agree, I agree with you there because the other thing is is that it could force a lot of these studios online. We'll just skip the theater experience. We just can't get our yeah, films hell into with this. 
Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, no, so for it's, sure. it's interesting that it adds that layer of complexity to the whole discussion, right? And, and I think it's a lot the, of what we're talking about is in the next two to five years. Let's yeah. jump 10 years down the line, which is where I was thinking originally when we talked like in, in the last two years when I would talk about this. Right now, the toothpaste is starting to be squeezed out of the tube and we know we know it doesn't go back in. So another big factor is younger generation, like our kids. How are they going to consume movies when they become teenagers and young adults? Every generation will finds their own way. They don't necessarily follow the thing that their parents taught them. They always organize themselves in what works best for them and their lifestyles. And go look at the stats of the the amount of video that young people watch on their phones, their iPads, their laptops. It's bananas. People consu- like young people consume video through their phone screens on mobile screens in unbelievable amounts of data. And that and movies are rolled into that. So if at some point the appetite is that for young moviegoers that I don't care, I'll watch it on my phone, I'll watch it with my earbuds, I don't give a shit. I'll just take the movie as it comes. That's going to be what they do. If the appetite for the big screen diminishes, and it's never going to be completely gone, but there will be a continual evolution and adaptation to what the marketplace dictates, what the viewers want. The, The convenience of this thing in our pocket has changed absolutely everything. Every Mm -hmm. single goddamn thing about our lives has changed because of these supercomputers in our pockets. It's going to be no different from our kids. We all drag our kids to the theaters and we hope that they will grow up to to, to cherish the the theatrical experience the same way we do. But even for me, my own experience, and this is not even with kids, like my wife and I used to go to movies every single week. Somewhere I have a six inch stack of movie stubs dating back to the 90s. I've kept almost every movie stub I've ever seen going back 25 years. But now we don't go that often. It's a Marvel MCU. It's a frozen and onward. That's what takes us out now. And, and yes, I'm always, like I said, I'm always going to really cherish to like going to a theater to see a big tentpole movie. Like I, I will always see star Wars in the, biggest format that is most convenient for me to do but i'm not gonna at 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 some point a line will be drawn say i'll do this but i won't do that like for even for Mm -hmm. rise of skywalker i got to the point where i'm like i'm not going to the midnight show because i i'm not i'm not giving up a day where i'm going to be a zombie because i'm on three hours sleep i'm not doing it so i'm going to go to the first available showing so that i can get a sleep i'm at that place now I've seen enough movies in theaters. I've done the midnight showings. I'm fine. I would rather see the movie and go home. It's I'm recoiling to the place where at some point I am going to say, you know what? I'm going to this weekend. It's December. It's February. It's 30 below out. There's 20 centimeters of snow on the ground tonight. I plan to go see this movie in theaters. I think I'm going to stream it at home. And that's what's that's what I'm gonna do. And hell, I might love it. And for me, as a home theater enthusiast, one thing that really excites me and I hope happens soon enough is that people will see the advantage 
whatever advantages they can from this direct to home service and go, hell, I'm going to buy that 85 inch HD TV. I'm going to buy the sound system because yeah, that, it, it's, that's it, what I was just going to say to you, man. Like it's, if, it's, if it all changes that way, like I'm for sure investing in something that's going to be a lot more uh, memorable. A hundred percent. And it, like the home theater industry, I, I was in that field for the past decade. It nosedive. It just plummeted. Of course, people are still going out and buying screens, but the sound end of it, receivers, speakers, big bulky speakers, nobody's doing that anymore. People are on sound bars now. It's enough for, for the majority of people who are like, ah, it's fine. And then I'll, I'll, I'll enjoy the surround sound at the, at the cinema. That's going to change. That's, it's going to start to rebound the other way now because people are going to say, if, if this is going to be the, the, the model that we can follow going forward, hell, I'll, I will make space in my home for a proper home theater. I'll invest because I'll, over time, I will save money on tickets, concessions, dinners out and it, the home theater will pay for itself in time and i've got this thing in my house that it, i could just enjoy forever that's so that it, the toothpaste is out of the tube it just it's it's going to be a matter of how long we get from this point to the end point which is where theaters are at their air quotes lowest point they're always going to be there in some form and if they're smart they will adapt they will go to the vip type of experience which i will also enjoy from time to time but at some point, it's yeah, we're it, it's we're all headed to the place where convenience rules. That's and and I'm not necessarily speaking for us and people listening. It's for our kids and people who are your lifestyles are more compressed and people have are going to have less and less less time to themselves. Commutes will be longer and longer. They're going to just take the easy path, and if that means piping it straight to home, that's what's going to happen. And if studios make the big bucks that way. That's absolutely going to be the way it happens, hundred percent. And again, the availability to go see it on a screen will still be there. Yeah, man. man. <laughs> oh yeah, thank you, Corey. <laughs> Wild, unprecedented times. Yeah, and it's, it's crazy. and and not to be ignored, but news of like a shortened cinema to home window. Or, or straight up day and date releases is probably music to the ears. Raise your hand if you have social anxiety or a, a fear of pandemics or if you're a germaphobe or, or you otherwise struggle with social settings. You know, if it's a big ordeal, a stressful thing for you to go to the theater, there's a lot of people that have mental health issues, right? And it's a we're learning this more and more every day now, especially with people saying, I'm not okay. This pandemic's driving me crazy. I'm not okay, but there's a lot of unsafe situations and people struggle getting into these social settings. If you tell them that they can watch this movie now from the safety of their home, that's a game changer for all these millions of people that mm -hmm. struggle with this. And you can't overlook that. Like there's a viable option there. Uh, and as long as there's good choices for everybody, that makes, for me, that makes for a better world, period. Yeah. So anyway, um, I think we, I, I think I've said what I wanted to say for now. Um, we, we don't know what's going to happen with like, for example, Black Widow or Eternals, but that's, I think those are the movies that we're kind of eyeballing here from, from yep. this side of things. What do they do with that? Like if, if Mulan does well, you can be sure that Black Widow is going to get the, the VOD treatment, you know, or, or we'll see. I mean, cause like I said before, they've got to keep these movies coming. 
they can't sit on them for too long, lest that they blow out their plans and push everything, push the calendar further back. They've done that with the, with a lot of the, the screen releases, but at a certain point, the, they can't allow this bottleneck. They've got to start finding ways to get the content out. Yeah. So I just thought a quick scenario here. Like, imagine um, Bond isn't released in, in, in cinema, okay? And they, they go straight to video, okay? What stops the, the studios from re-releasing it in the theater considering two weeks ago Empire Strikes Back was in the movie theater? <laughs> uh, that's yeah, I don't think anything. Like really it's, it's an option, right? Yeah. So, you gotta, so I, I, I the juice is worth the squeeze. Like imagine you watch that movie at home and you're like, wow, that would have been so awesome to see that on the big screen. And then they re-release it. You're gonna to want to go watch that. Like that is a like, that's a perfect example. Of that movie. That is a movie that I will absolutely 100% watch and buy. I will buy the DVD, even if it's a piece of trash. I will still buy it because I I love James Bond. It's not. I, I like like things of that nature, man. Like I went back to go see Logan in the theater in black and white, just because I thought it would be so fitting, and it was like a one night thing, and that was an event for me, and my buddy. You know, like I was like. Yeah, let's do this, man. And he was totally down. And that was something, man. Yeah, like I but again, like Bond is not necessarily a movie that I'm gonna dash out to the theater for. So if but if they give me the option to pipe it straight to home opening night, I will probably do it. Because I'm not willing to upend like my wife won't care. Uh, but she'd come with me, but I don't I, I wouldn't do the babysitter thing uh, and go out for dinner. I just wanna watch the movie. I don't really care. I just wanna watch it. So that's a perfect movie example where if the option to bring it home, the night of release is available to me, I'm doing it. It's done. Like I will, I will pay the 40, 50 bucks. It's done. Yeah. And I think too, with you, with your scenario there, Carlos, it's, it's, is, is that the minority of people that are going to go and rewatch it? Or is that a strong majority? Like the, the returns on <clears throat> empire strikes back. I don't know what they look like. It was, but, 23 million for one weekend holy moly no that's yeah, wow it won, it won, no it's 2.3 2.3 million i was yeah. gonna say 23 is like substantial no, no, no. it was 2.3 because it definitely won the box office the weekend that it was in i read yeah. that and i think the 2.3 the 2. number i think is global i think it was it was like less than a million north america i i can't i didn't i don't remember the exact numbers but it was that was five five bucks a pop right so yeah for sure for sure yeah and I think like that that's that could be the viable model where you sneak these in where you can once they've had their front end on a streaming service or, or whatever, but they're not gonna be where the money's made, right? It's almost giving that to the fans for the people to to go and have that experience. And, and not it's, for nothing, right? Uh, a movie, a big blockbuster makes eighty percent of its money in its first two weeks. So oh, yeah. I mean if if you just go with that and you don't need this long tail of 90 days in theater. There's a way to optimize everything so that, yes, it's a short window. The people who want to see this on the big screen can go, bang, hit it, and go home. Everybody can still make their money. Hopefully. But the wheels are going to start turning. The, the wheels of change are, are already moving. And it's gonna see, we'll see who, who gets dragged along kicking and screaming and who, who's smart and says... We're going to roll with this and it, it'll be a, like a, a 
a phased approach. I don't know how they're going to do it. The smart people will will figure it out quick and, and roll and, and try not to cling to a world, a pre-COVID world that will no longer exist. It's mm-hmm. it. There's going to be changes to it. Uh, and it's going to have to kind of take the good, the best part of what was, what used to be adapt it for a different world. That's, that's what's going to have to be the plan. Yeah, for sure. 600 K empire made domestically. Yeah, there you go. That's, that's not a huge number. And that's, that's one of the all time greats. Like if there was ever a movie that was going to draw people out, you know, it's pretty good for five bucks a pop mid pandemic. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I was so, when I heard about it, man, it was for really one week. Minute. Yeah. Troy, like, Troy loved uh, it. Troy, Troy just, went. Yeah, he went. He gushed over the experience. Oh, That's Dave Donovan it. went too, and he said it was just mind blowing. Absolutely mind blowing. It changed the way he viewed the movie. Like, it was always among his mm-hmm. favorites, if not his favorite. But he said seeing it again after this long, not seeing it in theaters, he just said it's just, it, it was like watching it again for the first time. Like, you see things you hadn't noticed before, you hear things like, there's definitely like there's something irreplaceable about that experience, but um, yeah, I mean, take it while you can get it because <laughs> it may not be That's around um, as as you know as freely as it as it is in a pre-COVID world. Oh man, boys, have we beaten that topic enough? Yeah, <laughs> Corey's <laughs> like, I gotta go pee, man. Pretty much. <laughs> All right, well, let's let's wrap it up here. Uh, guys, I want to know what you guys think out there. Will you miss the theater experience if it goes the way of the dodo bird? I'm personally ready for the evolution to happen. Shut I, up, Kyle. Go home, Corey. Um, <laughs> I'm ready for, for for a change. I, you know, what, what do you guys think? Uh, let us know. Uh, but that is going to do it for this week. If you want to be a part of the podcast, send your questions to tumblingsaber at gmail.com. Uh, you can help us out in any number of ways. Leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Let us know you did that. It's been a couple of years since we read a review. Let's go, guys. Chop, chop. Uh, share this podcast with your friends. Uh, and check us out on Patreon. Become a powerful friend where you get all kinds of extra audio every month. Uh, that's Those are great ways in which you can help the podcast. Um, and also, shout out to Rob Wade. Rob Wade for endorsing this episode of the podcast as part of the E14 Endorse program. You can learn more about that over at Emotionally14.com and be sure to check out our friends at the Star Wars Commonwealth Podcast Network. Our home base is over there on Facebook or you can check us out on Twitter. Alternatively, you can go look at Star Wars Commonwealth on Apple Podcasts. All of the shows that are part of the network are grouped together so you can find everybody there Everybody's slicing up the Star Wars galaxy in a different way. Uh, and I'm sure I'm sure whatever it is you like about Star Wars, you will find it at the Star Wars Commonwealth. Uh, and with all that out of the way, Tim, plug the nerd room. Speak, get, <laughs> tell everybody about the greatness of the nerd room and let it again and plug and plug the um, Force Fest weekend thing. Yeah, for sure. No, I appreciate it. And thanks guys for having me on here. It's it's always a pleasure podcasting with the three of you. It's you know, you guys are on my my listen list and geez, I never miss an episode and being a part of it is great. I love the debate and always a pleasure. But yeah, if you if you'd like to find us, you can find me specifically at the NRM on Twitter and Instagram. Instagram's a shared account with the rest of the boys. 
And you can find everything that we do over the nerdroom.net. And Force Fest coming April 28th through the 30th. April. And both of, or April. Jeez, I'm back pre-pandemic. <laughs> um, August. It's another one of those A's, right? Um, yeah, so we're, we're doing the collector's panel. You guys are the, the, the music panel. So there's going to be a huge diversity of Star Wars topics being covered from a, just a ton of great podcasts that I that I know are a part of this. And there's probably a ton that I don't even know yet. But it's going to be a ton of fun. It's over on Get Vocal. We've been doing live streams over there for about a month. And you can check out our past shows on there. That's get V-O-K-L. And go grab a login. You're going to need that for Force Fest. And you can check out some of our past live streams. We did a toy talk this weekend. And it was a ton of fun. Kyle dropped in for about an hour to, to chat with us. And it's it's a great, great platform to interact with each other and just talk about things that we love. So, uh, yeah, that's the Nerdroom, man. Every, every Thursday, new episode drops. So check us out there. Now, you guys have done such a great job in resurrecting or yeah, resurrecting is a good word. Uh, some of the stuff that I've always loved, but was always sort of not, I don't want to say secondary, but it was always right behind mm-hmm. star Wars. And now like I'm, I'm digging comics in a big, bad way now, man. Like I'm mm-hmm. diving way more into comics than, than I haven't maybe any Me point too. in my yeah. life. Like I got a stack right here of stuff that I've got to read. Uh, I, I'm just loving what's coming out of, of Marvel and some of the indie stuff. I, Oh God. There's so Agreed. much to read. So yeah. much to read. I'm loving it all. You guys are a huge part of that. Uh, so check out The Nerd Room. If you've not done that yet, you need to add The Nerd Room to your podcast playlist. And Tim, thank you so much for joining us, my friend. It's it's always, always, always so much fun to have you around. Yeah, man. Great times. Carlos, man, where can we find you? You can find me at C Candido Music or at The Funny Carlos on Twitter and Instagram at carloscandidomusic.com and a relaunch of Carlos creates on Patreon coming soon. Groovy. Corey, man, I know, I know you got to get out of here. You're, 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 I know the bladder is starting to, uh, to burst a little <laughs> bit. I'm going to drag this out for as long as I can just to twist that knife a little more. But, uh-huh. uh, why don't you tell us Corey, where, where you can be found? Well, first and foremost, I just want to say th- thanks to Tim for, you know, crossing over with us, man. It's always a blast. Like, honestly, you're the best. Listen to you guys show every week, same thing. Just uh I don't know. You guys keep me up to date on a lot of things that I don't know about and you know, you're a good friend and again I always have a great time with you. So other than that, everybody hit me up on uh Chop Rules with the Z on the Twitter machine and that's about it, man. Join our closed and comfy Facebook group. It's a, it's a nice discussion. No one will see what you're talking about with your geeky nerdum. You're safe. <laughs> 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 the inflection <laughs> just no punctuation whatsoever walking run on sentence yeah <laughs> nice oh, nice job by the way honestly tim like love a good crossover man it's like a good masking yeah. you know what i mean yeah we and, need to uh, uh, do the tumbling nerd room again uh, very soon yeah we do yeah yeah you had good points man this is this was your episode to be on man like i don't want the theater to go well, it's almost as if this was planned, Corey. It's, it's, it's almost as if it's yeah, not an accident think. that Tim was there this week. Yeah, <laughs> you'd think. Wow. Anyway, why don't you go take your pee now, Corey? Get out of here. Yeah, I'm good. Be gone. Love you guys. See <laughs> you, bud. Uh, okay, uh, you can find me at Tumbling Saber on the Twitter machine and in the Facebook group that Corey mentioned. It's It's a nice little spot where we hang out 
all the time talking Star Wars day in, day out. Um, and again, it's, it's, it's a closed group. So if you, if you don't want other people in your life peeping in on you, being a creep, why is, why is this guy talking about Star Wars? He is a grown-up. Star Wars is for kids. You can just come hang out in our group. Nobody will even know you're in there except for us, and we are what matters. So come check it out. We're having a blast in there in the Facebook group, and uh, that's going to do it, everybody. Um, thank you so much for listening. Let us know what you thought. It was sort of a light episode in terms of Star Wars, yet I think uh, the, the things we talked about could have a serious impact on the franchise going forward. So I'd love to hear your thoughts, what you think. And uh, again, you can send the, the, the emails to tumblingsaber at gmail.com. You lend us a, a voicemail, whatever it is. And as always, the hate mail can go to Chop Rules with a Z. And so that's going to do it for this week, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. And don't forget about Force Fest. Bookmark that. Check the show notes for, for our our appointment time there and as well as, as all the stuff that we're doing. Thanks so much for listening. We'll talk to you again later this week, and may the Force be with you. Static draws me closer to your place, willing me through my dreams, fall away, sigh. Blindly to the lines on your face, beating strong, drifting, not relive this dream over and over and over again. to be
Someone you know has probably experienced cancer, a heart attack, or stroke. The odds of experiencing one of these are high, which could result in bills for thousands of dollars in out-of-pocket expenses. How would you pay for it? With your savings? There is another option. It's called Active Care. Active Care is a supplemental health insurance policy that offers protection for covered cancer, heart attack, or stroke, and a choice of cash benefit options from ten to sixty thousand dollars. And with Active Care, the cash is yours to use as you see fit. Active Care is brought to you by Colonial Pen Life Insurance Company and is underwritten by Washington National Insurance Company. Get Active Care for cash, choice, and control. Visit ColonialPen.com for more information. This is a limited benefit policy. This policy has limitations and exclusions. For costs and complete details of coverage, visit colonialpen.com. New to Medicare? Start now. Go to myhealthpolicy.com to learn about some of the top-rated Medicare Advantage plans in your area, including plans for $0 a month in plan premiums, low out-of-pocket costs, and expansive provider networks. If you're thinking about a Medicare Advantage plan, myhealthpolicy.com is a great place to go to find a plan that meets your needs. Learn more about your options. Even talk with a licensed insurance agent. Myhealthpolicy.com. 